Blank check with Griffin and David. Blank check with Griffin and David. Don't know what to say or to expect. All you need to know is that the name of the show is Blank Check. Would you like anything, sir? We'll uh, charge it to the Underhills account. Yes, I'll have a Bloody Mary and a steak sandwich and a podcast. Oh, that was great. That was so good. Oh, my God. Hey, guys. Welcome to Blank Check <laughs> with Griffin and David. This is a podcast where we... <laughs> Keep going, baby. We, we, uh, we take directors' films and we watch them from start to finish. Mm. You got this, baby boy. Uh, and, you know, we usually try to zero in on... And where, where, where around in their filmography they started becoming a blank check director. Uh, so here on the podcast you have, of course, uh, your uh, guest host. Uh, this is producer <laughs> Ben. And uh, as always, we have uh, the, the two regular hosts. We have the David two... Sims. Yeah, hi, hi, hi. And we have uh, Griffin Newman. He's gesturing. The hashtag the two friends. The hashtag the two friends. Nailed it. Boom. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, we're going to be discussing uh, the 1985 comedy film starring one Chevy Chase called Fletch. That's right, because this, this is uh, Ben's choice. Yeah, no, Ben, as you said, this podcast usually is about blank checks when filmmakers have the success to then have a blank check to make whatever they want. Today, you're cashing in your blank check. That's true. We gave you a blank check to host the podcast today and pick any movie you wanted since you so often have to deal with movies you hate. Right. And this is your, you're cashing in. Mm-hmm. This is one of my favorite films, uh, which is totally ridiculous. But I, I always, I grew up watching this on VHS. Like, I've seen it a million times. I, I like Chevy Chase movies. Okay. I'm not going to apologize. No, no, no need to no apologize. No apology necessary. I'll say this. I had So, to- like, seems like old times? Is that a Chevy Chase? I'm trying to think of obscure Chevy Chase movies. Uh, or are we talking like Fletch, Vacation, Three Amigos, like the sort of the big what's ones? What's the uh, Robertsons? Oh, Cops, Cops and Robertson. Robertson. Love that With one. With fucking Jack Palance? Yes. Wow, I've never seen that movie. Which I believe was also directed also by Michael Ritchie. Ritchie. Yeah, it's a Michael Ritchie joint. The same team, yeah. <laughs> I think Michael Ritchie was uh, a director who could handle I Chevy think he Chase. was one of the was few. his reputation, yeah. yeah. Yeah, because, you know, like John, uh, no, not John Hughes, uh, Chris Columbus was the original director of Christmas Vacation. Uh-huh. And it was a big deal that, like, John Hughes had sort of, like, mentored Chris Columbus and gave him, like, a shot. He's like, I'm doing you a favor. Vacation 3. Like, here's the third vacation where you get to direct it. Chris Columbus did one week on vacation and was like, John, I'm sorry, I can't do this. He's, I can't he's... deal with Chevy. <laughs> Whew, boy. What is, like, it, what is it about his reputation? Like, what is it that... He I, doesn't respect anyone. He's completely egotistical. He won't take direction. Oh. You know, Chevy Chase has like the worst reputation in Hollywood, right? Yeah, he's he's known for being incredibly difficult. But it's funny because Amy Heckerling directed a European vacation, right? Which she so, said was the biggest mistake of her entire career. Right, right. Like the thing, yeah. Here's here's what Chevy Chase's reputation is as like a person, okay? Uh-huh. It's like Fletch if he wasn't funny. <laughs> okay. If he had that much contempt for everyone around him, sure. but he wasn't charming. Right. So it's like when he's on camera, he does the same thing, but it's kind of like amusing and the audience is on his side. Mm-hmm. But what if Fletch was just like a, a piece of shit <laughs> and he wasn't landing the jokes <laughs> and he kept on explaining to you why he was funny? He's going oh, he's gonna, he's gonna to sue us. <laughs> Yeah, fine. Uh, Chevy, if you're listening, you want to be a guest on the show, you can be on our on our Fletch Lives episode. 
Yeah, and Chevy, I I love your stuff, man. I got nothing against you. I well, think you're great. Okay, all right. So let's back up here. Okay, Fletch. okay. So yeah, we, we I think we talked about this last week, but we we presented this idea to Ben. Ben's choice. Ben's choice. What's the movie you'd want to want to discuss the most? And just right out of the one ben, word out answer. of a gun, he just fired Fletch. One That's word right. answer within okay. thirty seconds. So yeah. so just to dig in, Ben. Ben, where you're from, New Jersey, right? I am from New Jersey. Yes. yes. And this was a film you owned on VHS? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I will say, all right, like, I'm not that big of a film buff, okay, comparatively to you guys. Sure, whatever. Well, you are yeah. a finest film critic, but sure, yeah, I understand what you're saying. You know, you're just, yeah. you know yeah. I'm the every man's film critic, you know? <laughs> but I, I'll say that, like, growing up, I had some pretty trashy friends. A lot of the movies we enjoyed are pretty, like, you know... Bad, they're bad action movies. They're bad comedies. Sure, like, whatever. I have this weird soft spot for those kinds of like. I think films. we. I think we've all got those. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Griffin has those. I definitely have those. Oh, movies, no question. movies that you kind of just grow up watching for some reason or another. Right. Just literally, like I owned Clear and Present Danger on VHS for some reason. Like I don't know why. It was like five bucks at a Under store Siege Two is like one of my faves. So I've se- yeah, I- I've seen that movie a lot of times. To- I don't. It's not that good. I've it's not I, terrible. It's I've fine. I've seen uh, the Harlan Williams motion picture Rocket Man probably like sixty times. I have never <laughs> seen that film. I mean, if you ask me, I think it's a masterpiece. But I can't watch it objectively. This anyway. is the thing. If you watch a movie enough, yeah, it becomes impossible to criticize because it's yeah. like, well, why didn't they do this differently? You're just like, what do you mean? Like, That's like, Rocket Man. It's iconic. That's, that's what <laughs> happens in the movie. That's like, what happens in Rocket Man. He farts in the suit and the two suits are tethered together. have seen that like 50 times? You know why? Because my mom would take me to all these like stupid comedies and she hated them all. Sure. And Rocket Man was the only one that she found funny. That's really funny. And so it was like this big bonding thing with my mom where we like watch Rocket Man together all the time. And then she was like, we got to show James. So when it came out on video, we watched it with my brother. And then when my sister was born, we would say like, when do you think Romley's going to be old enough to watch Rocket Man? <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like, my mom hates Don <laughs> Every family has these. Like yeah. my friend, the, the, uh, the movie was Clifford. You know that movie? Yeah. Uh, my, my former roommate, Andy. His whole family was obsessed with Clifford. Their dog was called Clifford. Yeah. And it's just because they owned it on VHS yeah. for some reason. I don't know. Um, so, okay, okay. I, I'll say that I, here, here are a couple questions I have for you, Ben, okay? Yeah. And I know you feel like you're very on the defensive. you got to sell us yeah, on this, this movie. Yeah, this is the thing. We like the movie. And we positioned know. it as you have to sell us on it being great, which I know made it sound a little more antagonistic. I said I'd seen it once before, and I thought it was okay. David hadn't seen it before. David watched it, liked it a lot, right? <laughs> I realized the one time I'd seen it before was maybe um, like seven years ago. Mm-hmm. And I, I like as I was watching this, I was trying to place myself in when I watched it. I was in a real bad place in my life. Oh no! Uh, I I was like I I was going through I was going through some shit. No, it must have been six years ago because I had just um I had just uh, hit legal drinking age. Okay. And I remember I had like earlier that week been hit with some bad shit, and immediately was like, oh, I'm allowed to drink legally, and went out across the street to the grocery store. And bought like two 24 cases of Takate and went back to my apartment and didn't leave for like five days, Gross. right? Ugh. Wasn't doing well, right? And uh, uh, Sophie Fader, uh, my best friend, who I've called out a lot in the podcast, shouted out a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, Hi, she uh, came over to my place to try to like get me out of the house. And when she came over, I was watching Fletch. <laughs> and she was like, You gotta get out of here. So I like finished watching Fletch with her and then we went out and we I like. See, so it was kind of a tossed off. Yeah, and what I, you're saying. I was you like, were... yeah, I was like, it's fine, but I also was like, like, you know, okay. I, I, I was hanging by a thread. All right. So I watched it a second time, right, with clearer eyes, with a with a better head on my shoulders. Uh-huh. Yeah. And and not only did I like it more, but I also think there's something to 
this is the kind of movie that's maybe designed to be watched 80 times on VHS. Yes. Like, it definitely got better the second time. For sure. That, that makes I, sense. I could imagine myself watching it a third and a tenth time. Like, it's just like... Movies like this that well, have... Well, repeat viewings. Yeah. Movies yeah. like this that have kind of a, a convoluted plot that the first time you feel like you have to pay a lot of attention to yeah. often play better on repeat viewings because then you know what the plot is and you can just enjoy all the repartee, you can enjoy the chemistry, you can enjoy the weird little lines. Well, and that's the, the thing. The Chevy ad-libs. Yes. The this, legendary ad-libs. This movie, I won't even say joke dance, but this movie is so gag dance because you go like, okay, in each scene, Chevy's doing at least three weird physical like pratfall yeah, and hitting yeah, his yeah. head things, right? That are clearly ad-libbed. Adding in the names, the actual jokes, the like mm-hmm. one-off sort of under things, the things that are just funny line readings, mm-hmm. the reaction shot. You know, it's like, the, what you said, what you liked about this movie in the last episode when you were setting it up is you like this movie just like goes for it. Like it doesn't care. It just keeps on throwing stuff at the screen. Yeah. And it is dense in that way where like the more times you've seen it, you kind of like it, it you, you know everything that's coming so you're able to appreciate each moment more. Because most comedies are like build up to a big laugh, yeah. Let you rest for a little, build yeah, up this, to another laugh. This isn't like that at all. No, and it's, it's just alternating. sort of a nice, cons- consistent, like sort of hum, you know. But like, it's it's a vibey movie oh, too. Very it's vibey. also so much like just kind of hangout movie, this hanging is out the with thing. this bum Fletch. <laughs> and I was just talking to Griffin about this. Yeah, you know, it's just I think also we're just nostalgic for this sort of movie because Hollywood yes. doesn't make enough of these movies anymore. These yeah. kinds of movies where it's like if you're making a Hollywood comedy now, it has to be high concept. Lots of nutty jokes or big, crazy set pieces yeah. or something, you know, really, 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 really silly. Well, here, this is not like But that. here's here's the interesting thing about Fletch, kind of okay? Silly. Well, yeah, and, and the, like, the Fletch disguise thing, right? <laughs> Which, like, alternates between, like... Which, from the advertising, I think they were, like, really selling it. I mean, exactly. the tagline... I hate the tagline. Do you know the tagline? <laughs> no, I don't. Meet the, the only guy who changes his identity more often than he changes his underwear. Yeah, oh, that's, that's maybe the worst. I don't want to think about Chevy Chase changing his underwear. Yeah, last thing I want to think about is Chevy Chase's gooch <laughs> being unwashed, <laughs> pressed anyway. against the same pair. Um, yeah, I, and also the poster is him like holding up his wallet and like the seventeen yes. photos are, and they're all just different versions of him. Right. Now some of them it's just him walking in and giving a false name, yeah. and some of them he's like got a fucking thing on and he's doing a voice, right? A little bit, but most of them is just like he put on a sweater. Agreed. And the couple that are like sillier <laughs> feel like Chevy pushing. You know, it's like, sure. Well, that, when he's got the false teeth, that, I'm not that's saying, him. I'm not pushing, saying pushing yeah. like it doesn't work, but like he was like, "Can you please let me yeah, do it?" Yeah, let me be a little sillier. It feels like yeah. him saying to Richie, "Like, let me go a little bigger on this one." And I feel like when you're talking about that, the movies of this ilk are a lot less grounded in reality right now, are a lot sillier. I feel like in a way, Fletch is like emblematic of everything that was good about these types of films in this time period but also lit the fuse that fucked them up for the future. Because you look oh, at something like Blue Streak, right? Which is also like a crime comedy the about Martin every Lawrence, man. Right. man cop yes. picture. Yeah. yeah, and Luke Wilson, which is like kind of a messy movie, right? I mean, there's and, so many 90s movies in that, yeah. But I'm, I'm throwing out Blue Streak as an example because okay, it's ahead. like, you go, if that premise in the early 80s where it's like a criminal must pretend to be a cop, it probably would have been directed by like Walter Hill, you know? And, like, all the supporting characters would have been played, like, really straight. And the guy would have been, like, an alcoholic. You know, they would have, like, it, it would have had a moody Howard Faltermeyer score. But instead, in Blue Streak, it's got all these scenes where, like, Martin Lawrence dresses up as a character to go undercover. And he's, like, playing it to the nines. Like, he's doing, like, an all-that character, you know? No, he'd been in Bad Boys, though. Let's not forget that he'd been in Bad Boys. Right, which I'm saying is grounded. 
Yeah. But like Blue Streak is like big, Wait, and he's what? wearing the funny teeth and whatever. What are we talking about? Blue because Streak? I'm saying <laughs> that Fletch does that a couple times, but it does it in a pretty like yeah. contained way. I agree. And I think people were like, "Oh, that's fun if you have a comedy guy and he could do a bunch of characters and stuff like that." And it started to like make the movies down the line, bit by bit, sillier and sillier. We're like, I can't remember the last time. I mean, like Nice Guys is the last like kind of crime comedy. Mm. that feels grounded in, like, a reality and, like, a sadness. The reason I really want to do Martin Bress someday is you got Midnight Run and Beverly Hills Cop, which are, like, the platonic ideal of this kind of film, you know? Beverly Hills Cop and Fletch have the same soundtrack. Yes. They're very, very similar movies. Um, Yeah, they're very similar. I like Fletch a lot. He's a good guy. (laughs) And I like his movie. Okay, so here I have some more questions for you. Uh, did did your family like Fletch? Like, it was just a movie with your friends? Or did, were you, like, a Chevy family? We were not a Chevy family. Interesting. My dad is so stubborn with comedy. He, like, he really, like, hates Chevy. Really? Yes. Chevy's pretty hateable, Okay, for sure. My dad did, too, and I was definitely raised in a household that was, like, Chevy sucks. Bill Murray's great. Chevy sucks. Oh, weird. My dad thought Chevy Chase was a genius. But not so much with the movies, just SNL. Like, he was like, that's the greatest thing that ever happened. Even when I he got into, He would talk about like, his update all the time. See, when like, I... All the time. When I got into, like, 70s SNL when I was, like, 10, and I was watching the old VHSs, my dad was like, oh, Chevy. Ugh. Such an asshole. You know, like, it was always, like, Murray, Aykroyd, Belushi, and then Chevy, it was like, don't fucking get into the Chevy stuff. Chevy's the best, though. I think Chevy... I like Chevy now. He's fascinating. Yeah. Uh, uh, can we talk about Chevy's career? Or what I, you, I want to ask you some more Ben okay. questions just because this is an episode. <laughs> all right, all right. All okay, right. so your dad didn't like Chevy. Who did your dad like comedically? Um, he loved Mel Brooks. Okay. Um, Albert Brooks. The Brooks. Uh, Good calls. What are, what, Good calls. There's some movies Brooks he's even Whelan. been on me. <laughs> yeah, loves Brooks Williams' work. Uh, <laughs> no, he's been on me. Uh, Five comedy plays. <laughs> What uh, a throw, Mama from the Train is a movie my dad loves. Okay. Okay. So he likes uh, the, the, the cinema, dark, the dark eighties black yeah. comedies of like Devito people. You know, yeah, okay. he likes the cinema of Devito. Okay, hey, um, we should do Devito sometime. Devito oh is a God. fascinating film career. Yes, as absolutely. a director, like insane. Um, uh, I'm blanking now, but um, yeah, like you're kind of your classic like seventies uh, 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 and eighties yeah. like comedies. I would say like um, fuck. There's the one. Um, I can't remember. Let's just keep okay. going. And Fletch, Fletch for you, it was a, a buddy movie. It was a friend movie. Uh, it was like a hangout movie for you. You'd watch it together with your buddies. I or, would with would my, you, my one buddy, Garrett. But okay. I also- You watch it alone a lot. I would just watch it yeah. at night. Garrett Morris, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. from SNL. Yeah, yeah. And he would cast. say, man, Chevy was such an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> He'd say, man, I'm just going to lay low. Going to lay low for 30 years. Then bam, two broke girls. That's what he would say. I'm back. <laughs> His episode of WTF is unbelievable. I should listen to it. Have you heard? It's no, no. Unbelievable. Yeah. He's, he's really funny. His dude. life story is incredible. Um, okay, so you watch it with Garrett like a lot. And yeah, you watch he's it, saying he mostly watches it alone. That's what that's how uh, I was sensing. Yeah, this which is, I think is true for us yeah. too, probably. Like yeah. the comedy movies you really love, you watch them alone. Okay, over and over again. yeah, yeah. I have found him. My dad's been on me to watch Where's Papa. Okay, that's a great movie. I've and, never seen that. And then Alice doesn't live here anymore. Oh, those are like two of his favorite yeah. comedies. Alice, Alice doesn't live here anymore is very sad. Yeah, that's that's a pretty melancholy comedy. That's a Scorsese, that's that, one like of, an early Scorsese joke. a dramedy. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. Uh, it's really good, though. I've never seen Where's Papa. That's a Carl Reiner movie, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah with uh, uh, Ruth Siegel. Gordon and George yeah, Siegel, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the greats. Um, and okay. Ron, Ron Liebman. Don't, yeah. don't sleep on Ron Liebman. Uh, this is my last sort of like prelude question, because I'm just trying to lay the, the set out the landscape, yeah, right? Sure, okay. Sure. Um, 
where do you stand on Fletch Lives? Oh, yeah. oh it's awful. Okay. Yeah. It looks, I've never seen it, but I was just clicking around and looking yeah. at it. looks terrible. I've never seen it, but I just know that's the company line. Ooh, it's weird. It's such a, like, it's he's not, like, really a reporter detective yeah. anymore. It's, and it leans hard into the characters thing, right? Into him yes, doing the him persona. Doing impressions yeah. there. Well, so, Maybe Chevy took over that movie a little bit, even though Richie directed that one too. Yeah, I yeah. would say he doesn't actually get to play as much uh, different characters as I feel like the cast are playing really big characters, big Southern characters. Yes. Oh, yeah, it's, it's got like like, really over the top. It's and got ridiculous. like Arlie Ernie in it and yeah. Hal Holbrook. It's got all these like Cleavon Littles in it. See, that's the thing. That's all like the big, big factor that separates these types of movies from the '80s and these types of movies now. Is you look at Beverly Hills Cop and like everyone else in that movie is playing a drama, and that's sure. what makes same it so with 48 fun. Forty Eight Hours, right? Forty Eight Hours is, is a the great same example way. of this Midnight drama. Run is the same. Way. Yeah. Like it's Yafet yeah. Koto who's like genuinely scary. No, absolutely, is the cop absolutely. chasing them? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and in Fletch that works. That like everyone else is like a real fucking human being. Yeah. Um. So yeah, because I watching this for the second time, I was like, how did they not make ten of these? And it is just that Fletch Lives killed it so hard that they just like well, no, let and it just be. Chevy's career just sort of flamed out. As but I well. think it was also people hated Fletch Lives and it bombed. That really makes sense. Hard. That makes yeah. sense. I but think I mean, it was those two things in parallel. I mean, we're going to talk about the box office because you guys gave me a juicy mid '80s movie, so I'm real excited to talk <laughs> oh, about to the box to office the of the mid '80s. Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy! But you know, it wasn't like a huge hit. I think it was like one of those nice, like sort of did fine. Got a lot of cult following, you know, like, you know, sort of a good underground. And the sequel also came like four or five years later. Four or five years later, yeah. Uh, I mean, I think it did like 50, which today would be like 90, you know, 80 or 90. That's like a solid showing, and it probably did crazy fucking well on on video and on like HBO and stuff. I mean, this was the first generation of movies that like the second run on HBO was a year or two after it came out in theaters, and that replay could really build up like a cult for a movie. Um, Okay, so let's, let's talk about Chevy's career a little bit. Because I know this movie was kind of his comeback after, like, the back pain pill shit. Well, this is the thing. Yeah. yeah. He, he, his career was weird. Because, you know, obviously, he breaks out on SNL in 70, what, 5, 6? 75. Six, the 75, first season. 76. He's yeah. gone at That's the end of the first season. He's gone in 1976. He doesn't have a hit movie until Caddyshack, which is 1980. So he's kind of just around What about, uh, I, th- I thought the Neil Simon one seems like old times did okay. Seems like Old Times is also 1980s. Oh, really? Yeah. So what does he do between... He makes, like, a movie called Tun- uh, Tunnel Vision, which I've never heard of. Okay. I don't, I don't think that's even a movie. That's, like, a weird anthology film. He makes a movie called Foul Play, which he gets, like, a... That's, like, a decent oh, that hit movie with did, Goldie yeah, Hawn. Did yeah, decently, yeah. And uh, he makes a movie called Old Hev- Oh Heavenly Dog. Which is a Benji sequel where, where Chevy Chase is reincarnated as Benji. I'm sorry, it's not a that's Benji insane. sequel. It's a movie starring Benji. Yes. It's not part of the Benji chronology. It is billed as Chevy Chase and Benji. The big in selling oh point Heavenly was dog. it was the dog from Benji, and it's <laughs> Chevy Chase gets reincarnated as that dog, and it's like his voice. It's set in like London. Yes. It's, <laughs> anyway. It's Chevy Chase doing voiceover for Benji playing a different dog in London. But then he has Caddyshack, which yeah. is like a big hit and like only grows. Like, after it's, you know, it's like a big yeah. hit on release and then even bigger and bigger the more you think about it well, or whatever. You, you know, another interesting stat is that he was the original choice to play, um, uh, why am I forgetting the character now? But it's uh, uh, Richard Matheson's character in Animal House. 
Uh-huh. Not you Otter. mean Tim Matheson's Tim Matheson's yeah, character. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I'm sorry. The villain. Not Otter. No, he's not the no, villain. No, he's not the villain. He's sort of the main, like, super He's the slick. straight man, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not Otter, it's the other one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Peter Rygert's Otter. I don't know. Anyway, the original plan was that, like, Animal House was going to be all SNL. Right. And it was right, going right. to be, like, Ackroyd was D-Day. Right. Uh, that was Chevy's character. And then Belushi. Um, and I think Murray was maybe going to play Otter. Uh-huh. Um, and then they were like, eh, we don't want it to seem like an SNL movie. Sure. It's like, push the other guys out. Um, but yeah, okay, so 80, Caddyshack's Caddyshack, huge. big, he's got, seems like old times that year. And then big. again, he's kind of messing around. He makes Under the Rainbow, you know, which is like a weird, uh, I don't know. It's about behind the scenes Wizard of Wizard of, of Oz, Oz It's a It's it a like murder a mystery. Bomb. With him and Carrie Fisher investigating the murder of a, of a munchkin. He makes a movie called Modern Problems that I think yeah. kind of goes nowhere. And then in 83, he's got vacation. So it's like, okay, right. you're back. All right, here we go, Chevy. Like, yeah. you're going to be a big star. And then when a does couple the years, and then Fletch. start and... Well, probably right, right there yeah. in that early we're 80s. In that, okay, we're in that sweet spot. Yeah. All right. But I know right before Fletch is, he, gets a, he has a back injury, and then he gets addicted to back pain pills. <laughs> and that's, like, the big one sure. that's kind of public. Sure. Where then he goes into rehab and it like it becomes like a public story that like Chevy has a problem. You know, like the Coke thing was just sort of like, oh, he's clearly like he's in the thing. The back pain thing was like this guy's washed up. Like he's a fucking mess. Mm. And at that point his reputation was starting to like catch up with him, you know? So I know like part of Fletch, and I think why Fletch is so good is that like Michael Ritchie kind of had something on him. Cause he was like, You gotta prove yourself now. Right. You know? Right. Uh, let me see what I feel like I read something about this. Uh, yeah, so you know this is based on a book. Have you ever read the book? I've not read the book. There by, are uh, there are eleven books by Gregory McDonald. Oh, that's cool. There's a full Fletch series, which is why like everyone yeah, thought it was so going to be like a bunch of movies. Here, like, I did not know this. Fletch confess Fletch. Fletch's fortune. Fletch's moxie. Fletch in the man who. Fletch's in. Fletch one. Fletch two. Like it on and on and on and on. Fletch one is is, is a prequel. Yeah, yeah, but it's also spelled W O N. Yes. It's about his first uh, story, but also it's it, how he won. He won the story. So some ideas, <laughs> some ideas were thrown at the this author, yeah. Burt Reynolds. He said no. Mick Jagger. He said no. What? Chevy Chase is throwing at him, and he's like, "All right, maybe Chevy Chase." Yeah. Like, I, I don't mind that. Chevy Chase, for some reason, was not interested, and then I guess you know maybe he needed. Yeah, it was yeah. leaned on a little <laughs> bit. Like, the All right, you need yeah. to exactly. So um, at this point, I'm sorry, just to um. Uh, European Vacation has come out at this point? Uh, no. European Vacation comes out the same year as Fletch, a little later. Oh, interesting. Okay. So, 85 is a big, because also Spies Like Us comes out in 85. So, 85 is Chevy Chase owning. And and, And then Three Amigos is 86. Okay, that was my next question. Okay, yeah. Um, fascinating. And Michael Ritchie, let's talk about his career a little, because he has, like, he's one of these sort of, like, underheralded 70s directors who has, like, a super fucking diverse filmography. Yeah, I mean, he's made some famous movies, like The Candidate and Bad News Bears, right? Yeah. But then he's also made, like, half, like, a dozen movies I've never heard of. Smile is, like, the movie of his that's kind of, like, a, a quiet masterpiece, which uh-huh, is a... Bruce Stern, uh, I don't know that It's movie. a satire of, um, like, beauty pageants and stuff. It's okay, really, really okay. good. 
And then um, Prime Cut, which right, yeah. the Lee Marvin action movie. That sounds great. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. That movie rules. Yeah. I mean, there's so many. I mean, I know The Golden Child, which is that Eddie Murphy movie from the 80s, which is okay. I, I saw it on TV. It's okay. Yeah, I don't really remember right. it. I don't remember it really at all either. Yeah, Prime Cut looks good. Gene Hackman's in that. Yeah, and Sissy Spacek. Damn, damn that <laughs> looks fun. Yeah, it's like fucking, it rules. In, in the 90s, you know, <laughs> he starts to go south. You know, he makes he makes Cops and Robertsons. Uh-huh. He makes The Scout, which is like an okay Albert Brooks movie about baseball with Brendan Fraser. I think I saw that. Yeah, I've yeah. seen it. Uh, he made A Simple Wish, which I think is like a really treacly Mara Wilson picture uh-huh. with Martin Short. And like, uh, who's who's the other person above the title on that movie? There's uh, three actors. Kathleen Turner. Thank you. That's who it is. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, he just, I feel like he was like, he was very much like a Hollywood workman-like guy who would just get like put on pictures, right? But he but kind he, of he, he had a voice, and he had he had a sort of grit. He had a sensibility. He was really good with actors. I mean, a lot of these guys, sort of these '70s guys, kind of lost it when they got to the '90s. You know, I mean, yeah. you even look at uh, what's at his Brest. name? Look at Martin Brest. Look for at example. Brest, but also um, why oh, I forget his name now? Uh, uh, Schlesinger. John Schlesinger. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, his last movie was the next best thing with Madonna and Rupert. He's British. Everett. He's British. But, uh, yeah, he, uh, he no, had, but I'm he saying the 70s Hollywood movies. guys, the yeah, new yeah. Hollywood guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guys who came of. Oh, and he did the Fantastics movie, too, Michael Ritchie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've never seen that. Uh, Wildcats with Goldie Hawn coaching the uh, the football team. Uh, right. Semi-Tough, the Burt Reynolds football movie. He did a couple football. Divine Madness, the Bette Midler concert film. I, yeah. Weird filmography. Okay, so that brings us to the motion picture. Fletch. Right. So, uh, from that opening song, you know this is going to be good, right? Yes. You hit, they get hit over the head with some 80s synth pop, and you're like, all right, I believe all it's, right. it's called Bit by Bit by cool. Stephanie Mills is the name of the song. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who uh, is famous for playing Dorothy in The Wiz on Broadway. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, th- this film- uh, A lot of disco hits. <laughs> this, this film has one of my favorite things that we can have, which is a song- where the lyrics of the song reference the character on screen that you're watching at the moment the song is Yeah, playing. they're literally telling you what Fletch is up to. Yeah, I'll tell you what he's up to. Fletch is working overtime! <laughs> they keep on telling you that he's working overtime. Well, because how else would you know? You wouldn't know! Is he on the clock? Is he, is he fucking on vacation? What's going no, on? No, he's putting in the time he's at the beach. The time. He's at the beach. Yeah. He's wearing a tattered Magic Johnson Lakers jersey. He's trying to fit in. He's Black a junkie. hoodie he's over it. Now, you know Fletch is, a, is an old movie because he, it's an, he's an investigative reporter who never files any stories. No. <laughs> Seems to have an unlimited budget to travel around the country. And also buy, like, prosthetics. Like, get fucking Stan Winston to make noses for him. <laughs> he has, like, one editor to run things by. It's yeah. not like the editor doesn't have to say, like, you're going to Utah because yeah. of no reason? I, I, I have to calm the expenses department. No, but, it's just like, whatever. You know my favorite detail in this movie is, like, not only is he, like, an undercover reporter, right? Like, not only is he not telling the people he's talking to uh, who he is, but he also files the stories anonymously. Right. He yeah, writes his column Doe. as Jane Doe. Because you got to keep a secret. You know, got to keep a low profile or else yeah. you'll get rumbled, right? Right, right yeah. Ben? Yeah, that's the idea. But I think there's, like, a thesis to this movie, which is, like, Fletch hates bullshit. Like, he does. fucking hates it. What drives Fletch is he thinks everyone's a fucking phony. Pretty much. You know? Mm-hmm. And, like, the thing he hates the most is entitlement. Like, Fletch is out to get people who think they're better than others. He also doesn't take a lot of things seriously. No. And I like that about him, too. Yeah. 
I like know, his style. And I, we'll get to this, but I think that's why the scene where the cop is pointing the gun and just, you know, where Joe Don Baker's yeah. really works because Chase is not a great actor, but he's a great comic actor. <laughs> this but, you is know. the best but dramatic the way, performance yeah, exactly. of his career. It is. Yeah. And the way his face just kind of very subtly shifts from his usual like shit-eating grin <laughs> yeah. to just like, oh, this is terrible. Like, I, I might get I shot. He's really good. Yeah. The drama is really present in a scene that most movies I feel like it wouldn't be at all. You just know like, eh, Fletch is going to be I fine. Agree. I think we're leaving. Joe Don Baker being second build, by the oh. way, baffling. Yeah. Baffling. Can I sidebar for one second? I am baffled. <laughs> Can I sidebar for one second? He's in two scenes. Yeah, go ahead. I saw uh, The Untouchables. It was playing at the Metrograph. You went, you're, you've been seeing some De Palmas? Yeah, and I know you recently watched all the De Palmas. I recently watched every film, barring a couple, by Brian by, by De Palma. Yes. Do you remember what the billing is on The Untouchables? No, go for it. It's insane. Are you ready for the billing on The Untouchables? Sure. This billing happened the one year where this would have been the order for this film, okay? Mm-hmm. Kevin Costner. Sure. My, okay. old, my old boss, right? First build. Second build, Charles Martin Smith. Hmm. Over uh, Connery, Garcia, and De Niro. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the, the, the accountant guy. Remember <laughs> him with the glasses? <laughs> Who's the first to die in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Charles Martin Smith, then Garcia, with Sean Connery. Mm-hmm. And De Niro. I think it's two withs. I don't think they do an and. I think they go with Sean Connery, with Robert De Niro as, isn't that weird? That's very strange. We're off topic. But that's the only time Charles Martin Smith would be second build in a movie. It looks like it's with De Niro and Sean Connery. Okay, I'm sorry about that. As Joe Malone or whatever. Yeah. Uh, And then, uh, uh, what's my Patricia Clarkson is like not even credit, like build. Only the men. Do you know what her character, and, and she's an Academy Award nominee. Charles Martin Smith is the only one of that cast who wasn't nominated for an Oscar for acting. And he gets second billing. Whoa. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, do you know what Patricia Clarkson is, her character name is in the credits at the end of that movie? Uh, the woman. Go ahead. Wife? Ness's wife. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> she's, she's like got a huge part. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Anyway, okay. So, Fletch, I'm sorry. I think we're leading this episode too much. We forgot that Ben is hosting. Yes. Ben? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. all right. We're, we're, we're at the beach, right? We yeah. established that Fletch is working on a case. He's trying to bust the drug activity that's happening, you know, uh, there on the beach. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, you, get, you get a sense of who this guy is, right? You know, he's kind of silly, right? He's, uh, he's like always throwing out jokes. And that's like right from the start. That's going to be the 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 through line throughout the rest of this film. Yeah, right? and I love that. Like David, you were saying that he's like kind of in disguise because he's trying to look like a bum. Yeah, but he also everyone just looks at this guy and they're like, this guy's not doing well. You know, <laughs> like yeah, yeah, he hasn't disguised himself that much. Like even though Chevy's like really impossibly handsome in this movie, very handsome. He still looks like a guy who in, doesn't have his fucking shit. Together. He's very handsome in his preppy you know way. Yeah. I think it's Chevy at his handsome. Well. He's very handsome on SNL. Like, young Chevy is really hot, but anyway. Yeah. In, again, that sort of shit-eating grin kind of way. Not my he, type, but, like, yeah. you know, game-recognized game. Recognize game. Oh, yeah, a guy's got sure. a good face. <laughs> so, while he's hanging out at the beach, he's propositioned by this businessman under the boardwalk. And he, you know, it's it's so good, right? He goes up, he goes, listen, I want you to listen to me for $1,000. Come back Tim to Matheson. my house. Tim right? Matheson. The great Tim Matheson. Yeah. So Fletch throws out a couple fun lines. He does it, though, because he's interested. He's always, like, looking for that next big story. They go to the guy's house, right? (laughs) Now, the explanation for this whole murder plot is so great. I Uh, think it's justified. I I think it makes sense. I like it. I think so, too. He's got 
a bone cancer, okay? <laughs> the <laughs> bone cancer. He's got the bone cancer. Uh-huh. Now, in 85, that probably flew. You could tell people, yeah, sorry, I got to take off work. I got bone cancer. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so Fletch can smell this as bullshit, right? Yeah. But he's like, you know what? There's something, there's something going on His reporter here. nose is twitching. There's mm-hmm. a story here. He's, He's got- snipping <laughs> a story. And I love that setup. Like, immediately you know, at the beginning of the movie, they say, He's seeing drugs hit the beach hard. Right. He doesn't like it. He wants to bust it open, right? You should say that George Went plays a small-time beach drug dealer in Fat this Tommy? movie. Yeah. Is that his name, Fat Tommy? I don't Fat know. Jimmy? Oh, what is it? And he's got sort of a Cajun accent. Uh-huh. Yeah. He's amazing in He's this so movie. good. He is good. He should have been second fill. <laughs> um, but there's this sense that, like, Fletch is breaking this story because he actually cares for these, like, Yeah, the, the random junkies. On the of, beach. Yeah. I mean, I mean uh, Fletch, he um, relates to the guys on the margins of society. Right, he, and it, and it's easy for him to just bust those guys. Right, but it's like he knows there's a there's the there's a, a bigger hand at play because that's what Fletch really hates is whoever's in the ivory tower. Do you exactly. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so he's on that case, and he says, "I think I'm getting close to busting the story. I've been working on it for a long time." And you get that he like genuinely cares about like gummy on the beach, right? Totally. Okay, so then when Tim Matheson comes with this murder thing, the film sets it up as just like, well, Fletch isn't going to turn down a good story, right? And almost like classic, like detective style story. Like yeah. they'll do that sometimes, where you have a bigger case, and then they just throw a little small one to yes. kind of distract you for the time being. But it's not immediately apparent that these two things are connected in any way. No, 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 no. it's not. Which but I like. You have a sneaking suspicion that they might be. Well, because it's a movie. Yeah, that's all. I know. I know. Yeah, and the bone cancer. <laughs> the bone <laughs> cancer is a little convenient. Yeah, a little convenient. Yeah. Uh, so we can cut to his workplace. Oh, you didn't t- say what the final, what the offer was, though, for Tim Matheson. Right? Oh, excuse yeah. me. Yeah. Of course. Right. So uh, the deal is uh, if if Fletch will murder him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And Murder. Uh, and then uh, I guess burn up his body in the, yeah. in the car. In yeah. The car. And, ma- and basically the whole idea is that he is, uh, the Tim Matheson has bone cancer. He, um... He doesn't want to suffer. He he doesn't want to suffer. He also, though, he wants to make sure his family gets the life insurance. And money. if he kills himself, he the kills, policy will be void. Right. So this all makes sense. He's thought of this through. Yeah. He wants Fletch, this low life, to murder him, burn him up in his car, and then leave the country with fifty thousand dollars. And he says, like, you know, I've been scouring the beach. I've been watching you. I see mm-hmm. how you function. You know, mm-hmm. you're a drifter. No one cares about you. You know, no one will notice if you're gone. You'll be able to make a new life for yourself. But I can also tell you're kind of smart and you can get things done. Because like, he sees how much Fletch is working the beach. Right. And he doesn't know that Fletch is working something bigger? Of course he doesn't. Because he's in disguise. Fletch he's is a man overtime. of many disguises. Fletch is working overtime. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this is, this is fun. Okay. This is so fun. This is what we do. we go to the office, right? And you get a sense of what his workplace is like. He is really on deadline. And he's got nothing. Fletcher's got nothing. Okay, his boss—he's riding his ass hard. He's got uh, who's his coworkers? Gina Davis. Gina Davis. The great Gina so Davis. Cute. She's so cute. She's oh, so great in this. Such a great actress. Uh, I miss her. This is she's has she won her Oscar yet? This is like probably no, right before. This is she's, before. It's yeah. not long. Accidental Tourist, I think, is eighty-eight. Am I wrong about that? Find out. Because Beetlejuice is eighty-seven. 88. Hey, nailed it. I knew she hadn't been. Uh, 
fetid by the time she's she did only been in Tootsie before this, and Tootsie's three years earlier. Wow. And then after this, she goes The Fly, Beetlejuice, which is eighty six. Yeah, Earth Girls are easy. Accidental Tourist, Thelma and Louise, League of Their Own. What a run! Holy shit! What a run! That and then, be- and then like the run, like literally, the train doesn't like derail; it yeah. explodes in a nuclear bomb. <laughs> well, she marries Rennie Harlan. Yeah, and then it's like. I mean, I like the long kiss goodnight. I do too. But you've got, you know. Cutthroat Island. Hero, Angie, Cutthroat Island, Stuart Little 2, never makes a movie again. Hey, but Stuart Little 1, though. I mean, and 1, 1 and 2. Yeah. I don't know why I said 2. That's yeah, come on. Um, she should come back. Isn't she on some TV show this fall? She was on Commander in Chief a few years back, and that was going to be like this big deal. Oh, and she's then on it the got, Exorcist it got canceled TV really. Show, oh, great. Which is supposed to, no, it's supposed to be very good. I have heard. What? From, From who insiders. have you heard? From insiders. Uh, Richard Wyatt directed it. Who the uh, fuck is that? He directed the uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, which I love. What? Yeah. Wait, no, Rupert Wyatt. Yeah. He directed the, the the first one, not not Dawn. Rise of Ma- the Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Sorry, I get the Matt titles Reeves confused. Directed. Yes, the I get the titles confused. I agree, but I also think he's a very good director. But Rupert Wyatt, that's the guy who made Snow White and the Huntsman. That's no, the it's guy. not. That's Rupert Sanders. Oh, right. Well, it's fair that I mix those two up. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Rupert Wyatt is much better, though. The Exorcist script is supposed to be good. Gene Davis is on. I hope it's a comeback. Anyway, hey, he's in the office. Right. He's in the office. We meet uh, his boss, played uh, uh, by uh, Libertini. I don't know his I don't know his first name. Ben is looking <laughs> up. Richard Libertini. I'm Richard trying Libertini. to throw facts out. I don't know. Yeah, you his guys boss <laughs> is just, I mean, this is the thing about it. It's almost like Fletch is a cop because his boss literally is like the police lieutenant. He's yeah. like, damn it, Fletch. Yeah. You know, you're driving me crazy. <laughs> yeah. You know, like he's like bald and like, ah. And that's what I love about this movie because it's a mix of all the things that I'm super into. I like pulpy detective kind of stuff. Yeah, I yeah. love the hard-boiled cop kind of story. Yeah. yeah. But then it's also a funny guy. It's a fun, but it's also, it jer- I like a reporter movie. You know, yeah. it's not enough good reporter It's a movies. good mix of all this stuff. So it just excites me. It really does. Well, it's the sense that like Fletch takes the responsibility of being a journalist very seriously. Mm-hmm. Like weirdly. Like he doesn't take anything else seriously. But like his editor is going like, Fletch, I need a story tomorrow. We're going to press. And he's like, I'm not giving you a story until I've cracked the case. Right. Because I need to affect change. Like I need to fucking take shit down. And so Fletch just keeps on saying, like, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. And Libertini's just fucking losing it. <laughs> He's losing it. He took an ad out for Fletch's next column in his own paper, which is truly strange. This is big. I mean, when you go into the office. Ad. I mean, like, that is a waste. That is a waste of newspaper resources. You want to use the whole page to get money. Like, what the fuck's he thinking? I don't know if you know This guy should be fired, is what I'm saying. Yeah, oh, no Gina question. Davis, promoter. No question. Make her the editor. I don't know if you this noticed. guy on the street. I want him on the beach doing junk <laughs> in a week. The in the office they have like these big, giant like framed printouts of the Jane Doe pieces. So it's clear that like the Jane Doe pieces are like huge for them. Right. That's kind of like oh, their yeah, right. their competitive advantage. Although when he mentions the one time he mentions that he's Jane Doe, it gets no reaction out of. Uh, Dana Wheeler, Wheeler Nicholson. So, yeah, because they're in the ivory tower. Yeah, they're in the ivory tower. He's I just wanted someone folks. to be like, oh, you're Jane Doe? I wanted yeah. that moment. <laughs> um, but there's also uh, a thing I love in this opening scene where, like, Gina Davis is clearly, like, his buddy. Right. Like, she's his ally, you know? Yeah. They're, like, in it together. And she's always there to sort of go, like, come on, boss. Like, he's fucking flesh. Come on, right? And there's a moment when, like, he walks in. And Libertini is like, Fletch, where's my piece? And like Chevy throws out like a few fucking Fletchisms, right? Mm-hmm. And Gina like laughs at all of them. 
And it's this thing that comedies don't do anymore, which is acknowledge that the characters in the movie are funny to the other people in that world. Right. Like, what I don't like is in comedies when someone does something ridiculous and everyone else is just aghast. And it's like, no, in real life, if that happened, you'd laugh. Like, whether it's uncomfortable laughter because you can't believe something that insane is happening on, or because they're your friends and you know they're funny. So, like, he's fucking, like, yucking it up. And G. Davis is like, I love Fletch. Nah. Like, G. Davis is, like, a fan of Fletch. Like, she gets that Fletch is funny. She believes him, too. She believes him. She believes him. Because he's a good reporter. He's a good reporter. <laughs> All right, so carry on. Ben. All right, so... <laughs> Well, you know what? He's got to look into the Stanwick character, right? <laughs> yeah, to see so what's, what's going his on. Name? Uh, Tim Stanwick? Uh, what's his name? Tim Matheson. Alan Stanwick. Alan Stanwick. Alan Stanwick. So, you know, again, he's got this drug case, but you know what? He's going to just look into this guy. Who knows? Th- who knows what's going on here? He puts the drug case on the back burner. He does. It's a journalism term. Yeah. So, you cut to uh, Stanwick's doctor, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, this is your first real, I would say, like, official character. Played right? by yeah. legendary character actor M. Emmett Walsh. You know him? Yeah? No? no. He's great. He's, he's, one, he's one of the best. Cool. Do you like this scene, Ben? This feels like the kind of scene that would have played well for a 13-year-old. Yeah, yeah, yeah I like ben, this scene. Ben's grinning ear to ear. <laughs> Moon <laughs> River. <laughs> That's what he does. I love it. Ben, ben is scarlet with satisfaction right now. He's red with amusement. He's he, he's. I'm not joking. He's bright red because he's laughing so hard. Oh, Ben's man. just thinking about Fletch and he's laughing. So funny. <laughs> Yeah, he's trying to work this doctor, get some info. Right. Doctor stonewalls him mm-hmm. yeah. and does a prostate exam. So really, like, you know, Fletch really blows this scene, you got to say. Right? Yeah. He gets yeah. no info. No, he gets nothing Except that him. I guess that this man is Stanwick's doctor. I suppose he does confirm that. He That's gets about that. As good he confirms he that. And he also gets a free butt fingering out of the process, <laughs> you know? I mean, that's, that's not nothing. You just got to pay a good, good dollar for a nice butt finger. And you know what? Fletch establishes, too, he's really good at bullshitting. Yeah. But maybe not as, he's obviously not getting anything out of this guy. But again, like, from, you're seeing here, like, he can, like, oh, Margaret, you know? Like, you know, oh, I go to the same tennis club. He's just bullshitting this guy. And he's, I mean, Chevy Chase is really good at this. Fletch I, plays yeah. the long game. There's, yeah. I feel like, so we should say, the, the recurring joke of the movie is he's really good at bullshitting. He's good at, like, seeming natural but he can't do names, and every right. name he comes out with is absolutely ludicrous. So it's one of two My things. My favorite is Dr. Rosen Rosen right. when yeah. he's trying. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's either he starts out with the first half of a last name, he can't make up the rest of it, right? Right, right. yeah. Or it's he picks a very Just well-known a, a person. Sl- he's Ted Nugent. What's, what's another uh, one? Don Corleone. Don Corleone was great. Doesn't he say Franklin Delano Roosevelt once? <laughs> they go like the president. He goes, yeah, my parents are big no, fans. No, no, Harry S. Truman. Harry, Harry S. Truman, Truman. yes, oh, yeah, yeah. sorry. Um, yeah, but he goes like, uh, "My name is uh, John Smock and Wit." Like he'll just John like co- cock and toast right. That's what yeah, it is. It's yeah, like Scotch Romanian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the Rosen Rosen one's amazing. The doctor because he just keeps on saying Doctor Rosen Rosen. He goes Rosen who? And he goes Rosenstenberg. Like he just keeps on. He's like, if I start with Rosen, there's going to be a doctor who's Doctor Rosen right. blank. So if I have enough chances, one of them's going to hit. Um, Gets his butt finger. I, I feel yeah, like sorry. Chase is ad libbing a lot of that, right? That, that, that must so. have been oh, a for sure. vintage Chevy yeah. ad lib. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. So now he still isn't, he's not satisfied, right? He hasn't gotten any stand No, not info. enough info. So now yeah. he's got the hospital, right? We have the little fun Rose and Rose. I mean, he's sexually satisfied because he's got the butt finger. But yeah, That's yeah, true. Moon That's true. Moon River. Moon River. So he's at the hospital. He goes into the records room, right? Yeah. 
Now, uh, you know, there's just some hijinks that ensue. He faints because of a spleen. Yeah, he he takes part in, like, open heart surgery or whatever. <laughs> they do yeah. one of those, like, hey, doctor. You know, one of those, like, drop-in yeah, surgeon yeah, yeah, spots. Yeah. And he's like, I'm not sterilized. And the doctor's like, hey, it doesn't matter. This guy can't get sick any more sick, can he? <laughs> Which I think is not true. Yeah. Uh, he holds the spleen. He, he faints. He ends up in the records room. With, with a nurse. Right. And Nur- he's doing his old Fletch routine to her. Yep. He's, he sends the nurse off to go get him something. Now you get you, know, you have another moment in movies that I love, which is classic computer graphics, <laughs> right? Like your old school, like, oh, like sure, yeah, sure. love that stuff. Then you also he's got a, a, an actual like files. This is in the age of internet, guys. The computer tells him where the file is. The exactly. computer doesn't have files on it's it. It's just right. a, it's a digital card catalog. Yeah, right. I'm excited. I lo- I, ben, Ben's like, guys, guys. This is cool. Now, I don't right? want to rain on your parade. They are. There is one massive oversight here. What's that? No mouse work. That's true. They don't the show him work. clicking, Ben. <laughs> and I, I was a little upset, <laughs> but I'm okay because if it's MS-DOS, then you know what? It gets a Don't pass. need a mouse. Don't yep, need a mouse. It doesn't need a mouse. physical a- files. You're getting two out of three. Right. Two exactly. out of three ain't bad. <laughs> so he-, he Pretty much is, is able to figure out this guy doesn't have bone cancer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's bullshitting. Yeah. Something's fishy. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then, all right, this is actually, this is, this is quite a challenge. You guys are good at this. Okay. So now he's like, let's look into the wife. Right. Yeah. And then we get into your classic 80s babe. Right. <laughs> She's got all the characteristics of an 80s babe. Uh, uh, a very blown out hair. Right. Yeah. Um, she's like somebody I've never ever seen ever again. That's a big one. <laughs> she's just the babe. Movies like this, the top billed woman is never in another movie. <laughs> she just disappears. But the supporting actresses are like Academy Award winner Gina Davis. <laughs> yeah, like Gina Davis has three <laughs> scenes, but no one. I challenge anyone to tell me without looking it up who the lead actress is in Beverly Hills Cop, who's a huge part. She's yeah. like third build in that movie. No I, one can tell me who the actress who is. Who is it? I have no idea. That's my point. I can't tell you. I thought you were going to be like, and it turns out it was Bette Davis. No, but Ben's isolating a really strong point here. These movies never, the lead actress Betty is Davis. never in. Yeah. Uh, it is, let me tell you, uh, Wikipedia is telling me that it is Lisa Eilbacker. Yeah, exactly. What a performance. Yeah. So we're at the tennis club. You get a mm-hmm. bunch of really fun little hijinks. I mean, I've already, I, at the top of the episode, <laughs> right, he overhears this douchebag guy. Asshole being mean to a waiter. Right, yeah, Mr. Being... Underhill. So Underhill. He's gonna, Underhill. He keeps gonna, on yelling it at him. And he's going to fucking get this guy because, again, he's against those, but like, entitlements. This is what I like. It's not, like, I mean, the way you're making it sound, it's like Chevy Chase turns to the camera and he's like, hey, rich people. It's all very underhanded and, like, calm. He just... He just fucks these guys over and over. He doesn't like them. And right. also, it's the, just—it's very relaxed and subtle. I think it's good. I really I do. Too. And the way the Underhill thing is established is just like it's like a fucking tracking shot. He's sure. walking by them. It yeah. seems you're, like it's maybe taken just, in the club. Yeah. And it seems like it's maybe just sort of ambiance, right? It's character detail. They don't hit it too hard. He's just being really disrespectful to this waiter and saying his name a couple times. Like, don't you know who I am? Underhill. Underhill. Mm-hmm. And then like two scenes later, you know, I mean, not two scenes later, but like a minute or two pass. And then he's ordering from the guy mm-hmm. and goes like, oh, and uh, put it on the Underhill's account. Like it's an aftershock. Sure. And it's just like, yeah, you, you know, fucking like treat other people well. Right. Like don't pull rank. You're not better than Gummy on the beach. Gummy's a good man. 
You fucking he's just falling under hard times. Yeah. He's being taken advantage of. Yeah. So, he's- so now I'm going to order uh, a Bloody Mary steak sandwich and a steak sandwich. Yeah, it's great, a great It's a great Love joke. it. Love it so much. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so uh, he flirts with her a little bit. Again, it's still not really clear what's happening with this storyline comparatively to the drug storyline. No, and he's doing the classic Fletch, like, who are you, Dave? Dave who? Yo, oh, dear uh, Dave. Dave. Met the well, uh, uh, cock, cock, uh, cock, right. cock and toast. Right. And then he's he yeah. does the you're yeah, gone. Yeah. You, no, you no, it. no, you no, it. you got it. What's up? <laughs> no, I just I was remembering it's earlier with the doctor where he does that thing where he's like, I don't know your I I don't know you from the club. I've never seen your name. And he's like, Oh, my aunt, uh, Mrs. Smith. And he's like, Dorothy or you know, Mildred. Yeah. And he's like, Yeah, Dorothy. He's like You know, he says, Yes. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And she goes, Which one is it? Yeah. Um, oh, right. This is the big Fletch thing is he says something that's incorrect. Someone catches him in the lie and he doubles down on it. So like in that doctor scene, he goes like Mildred and she goes like, oh, shame about what happened to Reg. Right. right. And he goes, he's oh, like, it was so very sudden. sudden. Yeah. yeah. He's like, what do you mean? He was in intensive care for weeks. He's like, it was sudden when he died. Like the, <laughs> the actual, actual moment. moment of his death. Right. And he does the same thing here where it's like when she's like, where do I know you from? The wedding. I didn't see that. Well, it was the, my wedding. My, your, my, you were at my, I was at your wedding. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's just like constantly like, you can't. Catch Fletch. Can't catch Fletch. He's unflappable. That's right. Yeah. All right. You can't Fletch catch. You can't. (laughs) Fletch me if you can, bro. (laughs) What if that's the name of the episode? Oh, that's good. Mm, I like, well, whatever. We'll talk about it. Okay. All right. So, right. uh, He's still not getting to the bottom of this guy. Now, I'm pretty sure, correct me if I'm wrong, this is when he goes home to his bachelor pad. Correct. Right? Yeah. Cool. Ass bachelor pad. Walks cool in. Ass bachelor Immediately pad. pulls some lever off the ceiling. Basketball comes out. He fucking also, shoots. He he, scores. He's divorced. We learned that, right? And he's, yeah. I mean, it's not cool to not pay alimony. <laughs> but when I was a kid, I was like, this guy's cool. He's like in the shit. He's like a, a master of disguise. He's like kind of like a bullshitter. He's like running, like climbing up a fire escape to get away from his like you know bad finances. Right, like, I mean, cool he, guy. He uses a credit card yeah. to like unhatch the lind, the uh, 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 fucking what's the unlatch the, the hinge right on the window, mm-hmm. and then his apartment's filled with Laker stuff. Right, he's got um, a basketball hoop. Right, in his in his apartment. George Weiner comes in as like the collection agents, like need the alimony. Yep. And he's like, come on, my wife, like, fucking fucked me over. She's with a guy right now who's got tons of money. She's just trying to fleece me. She cheated on me the whole time with everybody. I mean, I can't believe, like, I got stuck with this deal in court. He's like, well, because your lawyer was sleeping with her, too. <laughs> That's a little moment where he's like, really? Yeah, and he he's didn't like, know. look, it the pa- it's he, Yeah, Chevy yeah. sells that. Yeah. He's like, he's shocked. But the way he says, like... By this further betrayal. The way he says, like, she was sleeping with everybody. Yeah. It isn't even like he's slut-shaming her. It's just like, fuck, it's just like, I can't catch a break. I, like, he's kind of sad about it. Like, he's not angry or vindictive towards her. But you know he's what? He's like, fine, let her well, go. Well, no, he knows you know? he blew it because he's an investigative reporter. Yeah. He was uh, probably always on the job. Didn't have time for her. Yeah, wasn't giving her any attention, probably. Fletch was like, working it, overtime. It wasn't... <laughs> I will say, can I just briefly mention The Nice Guys, which I saw last night? Yeah. And I want to just say, have you seen The Nice Guys? You would you would enjoy it. If you like Fletch, you'd enjoy this oh, movie. Oh, yeah, I've it's, seen The Nice Guys. You saw it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's really good. Okay, so there's this scene early on where Russell Crowe's character flashes back to a girl breaking up with him. Yeah. And they're just like at dinner. He's like, how are you doing? And she's like, so I've been fucking your dad. And he does the most incredible spit take I've ever seen, which is not the usual like spitting it out of your mouth, but he kind of like just throws water out of his mouth into the air. It's incredible. It's like he's like taking a drink of water and he goes like, I can't. 
If do you remember this? Yes. It's oh, great. It's, it's the best moment in the movie. Uh, it's uh, so good. It's br- not the best moment in the movie, but it's so I good. I think it's it's my favorite moment in the movie. Uh oh no no no. no. The fucking uh, gosling cigarette in the bathroom stall is the best moment in the movie. That is there's um, so much fine-tuned physical yeah. comedy in that movie. Anyway, uh, that's a movie that has a vibe like Fletch. Agreed. Uh, the closest I think we've gotten to a Fletch in a very long time. Uh, your brother Joey Sims had a really good uh, tweet review of The Good Guys, because I know you saw it together last mm-hmm. night. Go ahead. Yeah, we Which did. was, uh, The Good Guys, more like a good movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, nice Guys, more like a good movie. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I fucked <laughs> that it was up. the thing that I liked. That he, the Nice Guys, more like a good movie. He didn't say a nice movie. He said a good movie. Yeah, yeah. All right, so, uh, yeah, so cool place. We get that weird uh, L.A. Lakers dream sequence. Yeah, that's weird, although I don't think he's wearing blackface at all, so good no, he's on not. him. No, he's, he's, not. he's wearing an afro. Yeah. Yes. I think Kareem Abdul-Jabbar uh, did a little, you know, contributed to this. Yeah, he's on he's a little cameo. Yeah, he's, he's credited, right? Yeah, so special that's, appearance. Yeah, that's, good him, job, that's buddy. him on the court, yeah. Um, Just saying. Yeah, and he's being interviewed by me, saying, like, Fletch is, like, the best player they got. No, he's definitely not doing blackface. And the afro is just like, I mean, some white guys had afros at that time. You know, like it's. It's, it's got touches. I mean, it says like he's from Harlem, right? Like when yeah. they're like, but whatever. You know what? It's a different time. And like, it's honestly so stupid. It's this dumb aside, but I sort of like it. We're also far away from bringing down the house. You know, I mean, we're not like edging into that territory. And it also, it's just like, it lets you know, like, what's the most important thing in the world to flash? It's the LA Lakers. He loves the LA Lakers. He, he does Lakers. love the Lakers. Really loves them. All right, so what's going on? All right, what's going so, on? I feel like we're losing the thread. Yeah, no, yeah. and it, it gets a little confusing around here, but essentially, let's just say Fletch figures out that Stanwick's wife, Gail, uh, owns some personal stock in this Boyd Aviation. Who's played by Dana Wheeler-Nicholson, Gail. Dana Wheeler-Nicholson. No, Gail is- the, Oh, you're talking about the real Gail. The real Gail, yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, so he yeah. he gets yeah. some money to go and look into this uh, 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 this real estate in Provo, Utah, mm-hmm. right? And so this goes on to, you know, there's like the fun stuff where he, uh, he calls the shady realtor, mm-hmm. right? And then he breaks in after the guy's left mm-hmm. and like, again, gets some fucking files- Oh, and it's taking yes. photos. He's got a little, like, a got little, a little secret camera. Yeah. And there's a dog that yeah. jumps through a window. He's got some great banner with the dog. They it, play some great Howard Faltermeyer the, music. The dog almost speaks English. There's that <laughs> weird gag where he's like trying to distract the dog, and he's like, "Look, defenseless babies or whatever." <gasps> and the dog was like, "Woo!" It's it's a weird moment. It's a very weird moment. Yeah. Okay, so what else? Do, do you think Benji was pissed that he didn't get that part? Because probably when they sent no, the breakdown think, out, he was like, yeah. I've worked with Chevy. I don't, I don't get think the Chevy, slam dunk. I don't think Chevy and Benji got along. Oh, you you think probably yeah, that Benji that didn't want to work with Chevy set. ever again? Yeah. yeah, I think so. Okay, well, so he you know he get uh, he gets clearance for Utah. He does uh-huh. all the hijinks in Utah. He gets uh, some pictures that clearly are showing him that uh, that whatever you know again it's like it's already getting confusing i'm trying to explain it it's like a basically he's exp- he's got evidence that stanwick who's claiming that he's invested all this money into this real estate he hasn't really it's only worth like three thousand mm-hmm. dollars um i also skipped over the part where he goes to the uh aviation uh or like the airport and like a, a, has the Band-Aid around his nose. Yeah, uh-huh. now this is, we were talking about this earlier probably. This is what we were alluding to. This is Chevy's biggest disguise probably, yeah. right? He's got the fake teeth. He's got like a hairpiece. Yeah, yeah. This is his, uh, this is him and his most SNL. Yeah, well, there are two. There are two. There's, there's the broken nose guy, yeah. and then there's the like sort of hick airplane oh, repair right. guy. Oh, right. There's the hick airplane. You got two that's... back-to-back that are kind of bigger. 
Right. Um, the, the airplane repair guy, he interacts with one of my absolute favorite character actors of all time. One of the two repair guys is Burton Gilliam. Okay, I don't know him. Who is also from Blazing Saddles. Okay. He okay. plays like Slim Pickens' right-hand man. This movie was written by Andrew Bergman, who wrote Blazing Saddles. Very, co-wrote Blazing Saddles. very interesting. Um, and he also is in Paper Moon. He plays like the uh, bellhop at the hotel. Oh, I love that movie. He's like a great fucking character actor. He's the one who's got kind of like a real leathery face. Yeah, yeah. And a big wide grin. And he's he's the fucking best. Um, but you get another. It, it's it's Chevy. That's Chevy. It's Fletch. Let me show my proper please, respect. Please. Trying to pretend that he is an airplane repairman himself. Keep on going. Like you want to check this. And then he checks the luggage and gets defensive. They can't catch him in a lie. But then you got the great lines. Where he go like, what do you need to fix this? And he goes like, get me some cable and uh, you know, uh, uh, twenty uh, medium gauge ball bearings. <laughs> it's all ball bearings now, boys. Yeah, don't you know? It's all ball bearings now. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good moment. So really, all the stuff that happens in Utah, you've got him figuring out that the the property in Utah. Mm-hmm. Then he checks into the property; it's worth nothing. Mm-hmm. Then he finds out by going to the plane, right, and see, and he figures out that. He's flying back and forth from L.A. to Utah, supposedly. He's actually flying to South America. Can I throw out one more line I really like? Please. When he goes into the house, and then the guy comes at him with the shotgun. Oh, yeah. And he's like, what are you doing here? And he's like, the door's open. And he goes, the lock was busted. And he goes, yeah, so you see what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> just, it's hard to encapsulate how how good those scenes are. Like, just, yeah. Chevy really does have this, like, great, skill at those little back That's and forth why. Moments. I mean, I think... It's why the movie works. I'm not even trying to impersonate his delivery. No, you can't. Because it can't. I'm just reciting the lines because the lines are really good. Good lines, but he really... This is his it. best performance ever. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. I, yeah. There's not even really much competition for that, right? No, it's his meatiest performance. Yeah. It's like the the sort of most full meal, like, Chevy role. Yeah. yeah. So I'm kind of jumping around, listeners, yeah, yeah. but I mean, no, no, I mean, the plot eventually uh, kind of gets. You, you get know, the sense that yeah. basically this guy Stanwick, he's fishy co- is he's going somehow on. connected to this drug uh, ring that's happening at the beach. Mm-hmm. Well, you got the thing with the police commissioner, right? Yeah. So that's what we're gonna go to now. Okay. So Fletch, okay, Fletch. He's not the commissioner. Um, he's the chief. The chief. Sorry, the chief of police. His his first interaction with the cops is you've got a very young Uncle Phil. Kevin and Avery they, from Family Man. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They plant heroin. Oh, I'm sorry. No, from uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Yeah, James Avery. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, I said Kevin Avery. He was a comedian. No. no. Uh, I'm messing up every name of everything. <laughs> uh, also, uh, James Avery, also the voice of Shredder on TNG Ninja Turtles. That's true. Oh, That's I didn't true. know that. Yeah. I believe he's now uh, deceased. Rest in peace. Yeah, he's now a dead man. Oh, man. Okay. Was Shredder, now dead. Yeah. yeah. Great, great guy. So, this is, you know, back, we're back in LA. Uh, Fletch gets uh, uh, planted with some heroin. He gets brought in to see the chief. Okay. Played by Joe Don Baker. Mm-hmm. Chief is a, a, a bad guy. Ooh. Second build in the film. Yeah, big actor. So, yeah, because Joe Don Baker had been, no, he's a Bond villain two years later in The Living Daylights. Okay. He'd just sort of been around. Anyway, go on. He'd just been around. He was in The Natural last the year yeah. before. Yeah. And so, all right. So, I mean, it's it's similar to like you know Big Lebowski. It's just like you know the they bring in the 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 you know the guy who's fucking everything up mm-hmm. to see the chief, right? And the chief is basically get your nose out of this. Get your yeah. nose out of this. You know, we know you're Jane Doe, but at the same time, what's really clear is that he's kind of giving too much information. Like 
you can tell like right away that there's something shady about this chief. And Fletch's nose is twitching because right? he smells a story. And Fletch also doesn't like the establishment. No, and he he's like, it. fuck this guy, yeah. right? And he's throwing lines at him. And then so they go and they bring him into a jail cell. And this, I think, is a really cool scene, yep. right? Because it, it, it really the stakes is. all of the a sudden stakes are very high. get really high. And he's like genuinely scared that this it's, guy's going to murder him. Yeah, it's this thing where he's just like, you know what? I'm probably just going to shoot you, take this knife, stab myself in the arm with it, plant it on your body, kill you. That's what I'm going to do. Like, he's very calm about it. He's yeah. not even like worked up. He's and just like, you know what? Yeah, might as well just do that. And Fletch is like, are you serious? He goes, yeah, ask anybody. Yeah. And it makes him really terrifying because it's like, yeah, that's my reputation. Fucking ask anybody. And I do this all the time. And Fletch is like, you shouldn't, you wouldn't kill like a newspaper reporter, which he's like, eh. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, and it should, it like maybe shouldn't work because it is kind of a ludicrous moment in a way. Mm-hmm. But. You know, Joe Don Baker sells it. He's really scary in that one little moment. Chevy Chase sells the fear. Right. And he's present as an actor. He's yep. reacting. He's not mugging. He's like fucking, he's in, the, he's in the moment. Yeah, it's good. And so he gives Chief the beach. He says he will not go there anymore. Yeah, he's uh, not going to continue this right. investigation. He's not, you know, you put a gun to my head and threatened to kill me. Right. Okay. I'm out. Yeah, Off right. the beach. Yeah. Now, I mean, I think I skipped over one part where, like, you know, he's kind of going back and forth between the office as well, right, mm-hmm. when he is in L.A. And so there is this really fun moment where, of course, his boss doesn't believe him that he was, like, threatened by this cop. And right? why would he? He's Fletch. He's throwing Fletch. bullshit left and right. Right. He's just, he's always throwing, you know, it's like, uh, little, you know, uh, uh, I, scream, I cry wolf kind right. of thing. Right? Yeah, and then Fletch is going, like, get a gun to my head. And he's like, oh, no, a gun? I can't believe that. Like, his response to it's everything is like, too, yeah. Man, where he's basically, and Fletch is like, you don't believe me, do you? And he's like, no, no, yeah. I don't believe you. The great Richard Libertini. But Gina Davis believes him. Now, she believes so I skipped good. over this, but I don't want to forget this little physical moment. There's a part where you cut to them looking at some microfiche. Which again, oh love my god, microfiche. This is such a good gag, too. And so he goes, and it's just you see the camera's looking at what they're looking, and it's so they're trying to center yeah. the, the yeah, image yeah. a little bit to the right, a little bit to the left. You, 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 you get a wider shot. She's scratching Fletch's back. Yeah, Great that's stuff. a fun joke. Yep. Yeah, I love it. It's a All good right. joke. But we're just we're powering through this. There's so. another physical bit. I'm sorry, I don't remember no, if it comes please. before or after this, but it's the one with the lamp. Oh, yes. The ceiling lamp. Wait, what? Yeah. Remind me? Uh, that's when he is- Like the chandelier. He's in the house, and okay. there's the chandelier that's like a bunch of different like domes. Okay. And he walks into it, and one like lands perfectly on his head. Oh, yes. And then he tries to get out of like the other ones. Right. It's just a really good like Chevy fucking accidental physical business He's bit. the most incredible physical comedian. I mean, it's, it's pretty remarkable. When you think about him on Community, whenever they would let him do that, like all yeah. the way, you know, to that, like right. that scene. Do you remember that scene in Community where he's like surrounded by keyboards? Yes. And he's trying to get out, and he yeah. can't. He's he he just can do wonders with and very little. Yeah. What's amazing is on Community, even when you watch like the last couple of times he's been on SNL, he can barely move. Yeah, he's like not in, right. Yeah, in he's, scenes yeah. where he's just supposed to be sitting at a table talking to people, he can't move naturally, but he still can do like the pratfalls. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. So, okay. So where we left off is threatened by the the, the chief, mm-hmm. okay? So he's going to, though, he's going to, like, then go back to the, the clubhouse and see this wife. Sure, Dana Wheeler-Nicholson. Now he's got all this evidence to present to Just her. like saying her name. I right? think he's also got a bit of crush on her. He does have a bit She's of a crush. She's pretty cute. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, clearly a divorced guy, you know, 
pretty lonely bachelor pad. Yeah, and she's married, but he also knows to a scumbag. To a real scumbag. Who flies to Utah a lot to see his real wife. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, he doesn't know that yet. Yeah, all right. Well, but spoiler he's piecing alert. It together. He's got another wife. Something's fishy. And now he's got a picture of the other wife. Right. And like, it, you know, he. Oh, so we have gotten to that scene where he goes back home, meets the parents. Because he's like jumping around so much. And yeah. It's like kind of hard. This is yeah. where I lost it, track. It's of like the hard plot. to kind of get that across, but it's just like in Utah, there's like four moments. Yeah. It's like him going to the airport, yeah. then him going to the realtor, then him going to the house to yeah. find that it's like bogus, and then finally seeing the parents and confirming that he is married, married to, a to Utah someone woman. else. Different woman. Yeah. He's a bigamist. Right. Yeah. It's a little. Uh, it's a little all over yeah, the place, but yeah. That, yeah, that's all you really need to but know. But like go down goes down smoother the second time. It does. It really does, yeah. And it's also, it's this tapestry for which Chevy Chase to be Chevy Chase. Let Chevy be Chevy. That's right. So, I mean, sure, it's a lot of Chevy Chase, but I'm okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing, you know, so the Gale of Beverly Hills, mm-hmm. Dana Wheeler Nicholson Gale, she's rich. Mm-hmm. She's been writing the checks, mm-hmm. and that's that's the whole flimflam, which yep. I, a word I try to use on every podcast that he's he's deploying here. Tim Matheson's flimflam, mm-hmm. the math, the the classic Matheson flimflam, the classic Matheson flimflam is you know married to Utah lady, you know playing both sides, bit on the side, married to Beverly Hills lady. She's yeah. she's underwriting the whole brigade. Yep, that's no good. I just did a like swoop with yeah. my hand. Yeah. You did. I did. Okay. The old MFF. I hit well after the Provo visit, we geared up towards the 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 sort of the drawing room reveal, the big mystery, you know, solved, right? The the showdown. Yes. Yes. Well Well well, I mean we're missing a big scene which is oh, he goes oh, back to well, right, of course. Yes. The, the romantic scene. Right. He goes back to the clubhouse. Yeah. yeah. He orders a big four hundred dollar oh, lunch. Well, and of course he gets Mr. Underhill back. Right. I forgot about yeah. that. Yep. He orders two uh lobster humidors. Uh, uh, champagne, a bottle yeah, of Dom. I yeah. believe a bo- two bottles of two Dom bottles of Dom. Two orders of very expensive caviar. And every time, yeah, he could beluga caviar, and he goes, that's $70. He goes, oh, well, thank you for telling me that. I, I guess I'll only order two. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and, then, and then every uh, oh, time boy. he has an interaction with one of the waiters, he goes, you know what? And take $30 out of that for yourself. Right. Like, he keeps on giving them really nice tips because he likes the little guy. Yeah. It's almost annoying that it's only a $400 tab. It feels like I really wanted it to inflate to sort of cosmic proportions. Yeah. So he's he's confronting now the Beverly Hills wife. Right. To let her know what's up. And so, you know, she's he's like, Alan, he's a bad guy, okay? Uh, he's married to this woman, but I need you. You can't you can't tell anybody yet, okay? Because I, I think he's involved in something bigger. I'm not sure what. I just need you to keep your mouth shut, okay? Yeah. She's like, how can I do this? What? Well, you're crazy. But for whatever reason, because it's a movie, she's on board. She's okay? on board. And then he like sort of he I forget what the line is, but he throws some sort of pickup at her, and she's like, Fletch, you know, it's a really good time to make a pass at me. Like it's another scene that I like, mm-hmm. like in the same way that Gina Davis laughs at his jokes in the office, mm-hmm. where it's like he's encourageable, and the characters are acknowledging like I see the bit that you're doing, but also like. Yeah, at this point, you're a more stand-up guy than my husband. Like, this might work. Right. You know, she's calling him out on his thing. And then the Underhills get the check. It's $400. They're like, who the fuck is this? Bungalow one. They run over there. They're knocking on the door. Fletch is trying to slip out through the bathroom. And he's like, just trust me. And she gives him one of her husband's suits. Yep. And mentions that you guys are similar Similar builds. Yeah. This is a clue. This is a clue, a key detail to keep in mind. 
Yeah. Now we're just kind of jumping around because we want to just get through the plot. Here, yeah, yeah. Right. So there's a great chase scene. I think it's super funny. It's like a very silly. It then leads to him going into like a what would you say like a underpass? Or... No, no. Uh, the 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 like meeting of like the older people. Oh yeah, like a uh, I don't know. Okay. Uh, oh yeah. Well, it's a long chase scene. It's yeah. a really long chase scene. It's he really steals a car from like a teenager with braces, yeah. and he goes like, "Do you have a license?" And he's like, no. I would also yeah. say that like poppy synth music starts to be less effective around it here. Does. It starts yeah. to get a little annoying, and it's just because I think the footage they had was kind of just boring. Yeah the, yeah, the action is not too interesting. That's sort of the difference right. between a movie like Fletch and a movie like The Nice Guys. The Nice Guys has like kind of. High octane, crazy action, and I would argue Midnight Run too. I mean, yeah, there of course, yeah. great. Oh, this movie, sequences. the action yeah. is very perfunctory. Yeah, but it's, it's really only, just it's only a, really this one sequence. Yeah, it's really this just one like, sequence. Let's let's, kinda, let's have yeah. something happen. And so whatever, he kind of gets out of it. Right? Yeah, he just using his like bullshitting skills. Yeah, yeah, he's flies. He never did that before. <laughs> uh, anyway, but let's go on to the showdown. But showdown. What, what, does he go to the beach? Because we the the final beach scene is important too. Right. He well, goes to the beach looking like sort of a vagabond with a long beard, mm-hmm. bald cap. Yeah, right. And he right. finds Gummy, yeah. and he's like... Gummy played by Larry Flash Jenkins. An amazing name. Yeah, quite a name. He goes to Gummy and acts like he's pieced it all together and confirmed it. Right. And in the process gets him to confirm his suspicions. Mm-hmm. And is like, so you're running the drugs. And he's like, I'm not. I'm just, I just carried them. I'm not selling. It's all Chief Carlin. Right. So then he goes to Fat Jimmy or whatever his name is, George Went, Cajun right. George Went. And is like, hey, Gummy told me everything. I know it's the chief. What's going on here? And he goes, look, they arrested me. They said I was either going to serve time or I had to sell the drugs for him. He goes, are you getting a cut of the action? He goes, no, it's all going up to the chief. I'm just getting some stuff. I'm getting my fix. That's it. So then he's got the two of them. He brings them back to the office. The editor's like, what the fuck is going on? Why do I got fat Jimmy and Gummy in my fucking office? And he's like, I'm really close to breaking this story. And there's like, Fletch, you're fired. Yeah, he fires him. Yeah. I want to say something about Larry Flash Jenkins that I just found out. Yeah. The first African-American actor to star in a TV series on each of the big three networks. He was in The White Shadow on CBS. He was in Bay City Blues on NBC. And he was in Finder of Lost Loves on ABC. That was a milestone. Congrats to Larry Flash Jenkins. And we're talking regular, you know. Yeah, no, that's an amazing career. Yeah. Now, Finder of Lost Loves, I've literally never heard of, but yeah. check out this promo image. Boy, Jeez oh boy, Louise. the 80s. Is that Delta Burke? It is not. Oh. I've never heard of any of these people. But anyway, he was fourth build at that. Okay. Yeah. All right, so we're getting to the final <laughs> big scene of the film, okay? Yeah, yeah. He's figured it out, right? He knows that Alan Stanwyck, right, is... Flying in the drugs, the chief is then bringing them to Gummy, who then is delivering them to Fat Sam, mm-hmm. and then you know selling the drugs from there. So mm-hmm. that's that, yeah. that. This has all been revealed, but also he still has to live up to the the initial uh, uh, the murder agreement. Plot. Yeah. The clock is up. He's got to murder this he's guy. He's got to go murder to. this guy. <laughs> yeah. But he's made an agreement. He's said that this is the time, and the place to murder. So he goes back to his house. Wearing the suit. I love that this scene visually is a reversal of the opening scene. Because Matheson is now in the tattered Magic Schlubby Johnson jersey. Kinda, yeah. And Fletch is the one behind the desk. Yep. And Matheson is the one who's sort of like slacking back. But yeah. Fl- Fletch has figured it out. He's he knows what's happening. All out. Now, as they start, you know, kind of yeah, like. They do the, I, I'm going to explain my whole plan I'm going to explain yeah, my yeah. plan, you know, that, that whole thing. Then, you know. Gail, Beverly Hills Gail, shows up. Yeah. 
All right. So now Alan knows that he's fucked, right? And Gil Fletcher's... says, I already know most of it. I just want to hear you say it. Yeah. yeah. Good. And I mean, that, and his that's plan when... is to kill Chevy. Right. And burn his body. Right. Basically to reverse what his proposal was. Yeah. And then like fake his death and flee and go the get the money. country with his Utah wife and go to Brazil with the $3 million. Damn. Yeah. yeah. This is 85. Three mil in Brazil. You're set. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So. He, um, he, you know, the, the, the Beverly Hills uh, wife shows up mm-hmm. and there's a great line where she, you know, she says, I just want to see it for myself. And he goes, it's funny. So it was something your wife said to me while we were in bed. Yep. Right. That fun little moment. It's a good moment. And then there's a visual thing where Matheson looks over to the wife. She's like, she like nods and Matheson just sort of takes it in and he can't really fight it because it's like, why look, two wives? I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not really going to stick up for myself in <laughs> yeah. this scenario. Yeah, what am I going to You've dishonored me? What am I? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so the, and it's because, you know, uh, he realized they had similar bills. You're going to burn me up. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're going to reverse the plot like we were saying. But then guess who also shows up? The chief. I'll be your Joe for- Don. You're forgetting a good detail too. What's that? Fletch has a secret weapon. A letter. Because oh, yes. Fletch is a man of letters and he knows that the pen is mightier than the sword. Yeah, he's written right. a letter saying, if I don't, you know, he's basically, it's like, if I die tonight, this letter gets mailed. Yeah. And it's published yeah. as the final Jane Doe piece and it explains everything that he's just cracked. Now, Matheson death. has a good counter to this. I'll be in Brazil. Yeah. Who yeah. fucking cares? Yeah. I'll be uh, sitting on the beach when the, you know, first edition comes out. With three mil in Brazil. And he says, I heard their extradition extradition process is very difficult for murder. I assume it's even more difficult for double murder. And it's like, oh shit, he might kill both of them. He might have to. And then the chief fucking busts through like the Kool-Aid man. That's right. And he's like, I think I overheard something about extradition, right? He starts figuring out he's going to get the, it's all going to fall on his lap. He's like, fuck, you think you're going, Matheson? Yeah. Shoots that motherfucker. Dead. He shoots him just like out of nowhere almost. It's kind of brutal. It is. He shoots Matheson dead. I mean, listen up. That's how you get second billing. Yeah, it's true. Joe Don (laughs) is like, Joe Don is like, yeah, you you were wondering why I'm second bill. Bam! Because Matheson was going to be two and then Joe Don shot him. Yeah, he he gets the end. Yeah. He gets the end. And so, uh uh-oh, is Flesh going to make it? I'm not sure if he is. I don't either. I'm I'm a little nervous. I'm worried. But then I, feel, I think he's gonna I'm real scared. You know, he, he's it. crafty, right? He's always looking around. He's always Ben's trying to figure a hand out. gesture making right a now. Gesture, he's yeah. he's smacking together his thumb and his two center fingers, his middle and his ring finger. And he notices, well, there's a fireplace uh, uh, gauge to turn the gas on. Turns that fucker up. Yeah. Boom. Big fucking flame right in Chief's face. Yeah. Knocks him out. Gets the gun. Girl, though is the one that gives the final blow with a tennis racket. Yeah, she knocks out Joe Don with a tennis racket. he showed her how to serve. That's right. At the country club. Bam! It all comes together. It all yeah. comes full circle. I love yeah. it when a plan comes together. Fletch says that, right? Yeah, I love it when a Fletch comes together. <laughs> plan says that, right? <laughs> and so in the end, the chief is busted. Fletch is the big hero because he published this great piece that probably got picked up by a bunch of different papers nationally. But what else does he say to his boss? I quit. He quits. Because Fuck you. You didn't believe in me. Didn't believe in him. Well, Fletch, I mean, of course. I mean, come on. Oh, I was just uh, giving you a hard time. I'm out of here. He also has a big stack of things he wants to write off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like that, too. Like wigs. Yeah, wigs and fake teeth and stuff. Plane tickets. 
And he also gets his final blow in as he's like writing up his final piece, pulls a chair out from the secretary. Oh, yeah. So oh, she sits yeah. on the fucking floor. She falls down. Uh, but Fletch hates phonies. He and hates he them. knows that when the chips were down, his editor didn't believe in him. He's, he, he's got, he can pick his own editor now. Yeah. You know? He's fucking Fletch, man. Maybe he'll go to the Sacramento Bee. Don't call him Irwin. He's Fletch. Right. Do you know that his, I don't know if they say in the film, but in the books it's like a big running joke. His name's like Irwin M. Fletch, so his initials are I.M. Fletch. Yeah. Yes. They, they do mention that once in the movie. Yeah. Fletcher. And so in the end, he takes the, the plane tickets that were purchased in cash with, you know, like drug money cash. Someone's got to use them. But somebody's got to use them. And so he convinces Beverly Gale. Hills Gale mm-hmm. to go and take a flight with him. Mm-hmm. And then you've got a great little <laughs> unnecessary scene of them walking on the beach with some really dumb voiceover. And he's trying to sell her on the Lakers. Right. He's really trying to sell her on the Lakers. She doesn't know anything about basketball. I mean, she's expressing a lot of my opinions on basketball, which is like, don't you think it's childish that they have to dribble the ball up and or like bounce the ball up and down? He goes, it's dribbling. It's dribbling. Come on. Um, but there's the voiceover that hasn't been there since the beginning of the film, and what's the final? No, it joke pops in, the movie? in one time in the middle of the movie. Really, it's very jarring. Yes. Uh, what's the final joke of the movie? So the final joke of the movie is uh, she really doesn't grasp basketball, but we have her own version of one-on-one, and she thinks I'm the bravest man there is. Yeah, which and is they're they're talking about banging, right? And then he goes, also, I charge the whole. Uh, yeah. a trip to uh, Mr. Underhill's American Express. Do you want the number? Bit by bit. That's great. I mean, Fletch <laughs> fucking sticks the landing. We should say, then the, oh, the closing credits ensue, and it's just freeze frames of like the best parts of the movie, basically, like while just, the credits play over them. It's just close-ups of Fletch. Yeah, it's just Chevy Chase's fucking shit-eating grin. It's like you forgot how much you liked Fletch. They're going to show you some pictures of Fletch. Uh, well, oh. well, there's the joke earlier in the movie where the the parents, uh, Stanwyck's parents try to show him uh, their photo album because he mm-hmm. wants the one picture of him with the wife. Oh, yeah. And he goes, do you want to see some more from the reception? He goes, no, I'm trying to quit. <laughs> and then this, and the credit sequence feels like a, a, like a photo album of Fletch, of like Fletch's finest moments. That's true. Yeah. Um, uh, Fletch is a great guy. I mean, I, yeah, this is... I'm so glad that we did this. This is so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But it's also like, this is not the kind of film we've really covered yet. Well, no. this is the thing. It's fun to talk about these things. And it is kind of what we fun. like about them. Yeah. Uh, I would say, like, this one, plot-wise, is pretty convoluted. Like, I think we did some, you know, justice without really getting into it. Like, you yeah, know, it's got a lot of business. It's got a lot of moving around. But overall, I mean, come on, guys. It's Chevy Chase, and it's, like, fun. And it's, like, a detective movie. Like, uh, it's got... It's got fucking card catalogs. It's got microfiche. All right. It's got disguises. <laughs> I can't sell you enough on this. Yeah. Hey, I, I don't need to be sold because I've already bought in. <laughs> I'm a Fletch fan, baby. I really liked Fletch. I really liked Fletch. I could see it being the kind of movie I would watch over and over when I was a younger man. I don't know that I'm going to watch it over and over now, but I really liked Fletch. Um. So we, we talked about Fletch Lives. Uh, Fletch Lives, rather. Wow. I'm, I'm, I've messed up almost every name of anything, any proper name of an actor or title I fucked up today. Um, uh, Fletch Lives killed the franchise. Yes. Okay? As sure. did Chevy Chase. It's like, yeah. if Chevy Chase had stayed a superstar, 
Fletchlift's quality would not have really been a problem. They would have made a third Fletch with him. But, sure. you know, he, he went off the rails, too. Right, he made the Chevy Chase show. Yeah. That's what that happened with that. Vacation. was yeah. like European bombed pretty hard, but they gave him a third shot, and Christmas was a rebound. Right. Right. And they Fletch, that didn't happen. He was out of chances, right? Um, okay, so 1997. Kevin Smith is hot, right? Mm-hmm. He's so, got yeah, this sort of overall chasing Amy with, with Miramax. Has just come out, and everyone's like, "Oh, Kevin Smith! Like, is this the comedy director of the future? You know, Kevin right. Smith, Kevin Smith. When's he gonna make like a bigger mainstream yeah, movie?" Right. And he goes to Harvey Weinstein, who's his guy, and he goes, "I want to reboot Fletch." Oh, I didn't know this. Okay, oh, yeah. so f- the f- the third Fletch movie is like one of Hollywood's longest running. Like reboot, like they've been trying to do this for literally twenty. Years. I'm about to blow your mind. This oh is like God. a long story with a long list of names. Okay, this is awesome. All right. So he goes to them, and the original pitch is Son of Fletch. Yeah, right. Chevy Chase plays Fletch. Right, pass right. the torch. Joey Lauren Adams, who is like you know Kevin Smith had been using a lot at that oh, point and was dating yeah. as well. Yeah. Okay, uh, using in several in, ways. Who is great in? Che- Hey, hey, yeah, now. she's a great she, actress. She's great in chasing it. Yeah, yeah, she's a really good actress. I like her a lot. Uh, I wish she was still around. Uh, doing stuff on a large basis. Um, she would play Fletch's daughter. Her new boyfriend is Jason Lee. Jason Lee sort of gets trained in the ways of Fletch, becomes the new sort of Fletch. Yeah, now let me say something about this. This is a god-awful stupid idea. I agree. It's a Jason dumb Lee? fucking idea. Yeah, he can't carry that character. No. I mean, way. Kevin Smith repeatedly tried to make Jason Lee happen. You know, no, that I was like, never a good I idea. like Jason Lee a lot. I like Jason Lee too. This is not Fletch is not the right role for him. No. But he plants his his flag in the ground and he sort of says, like, I'm making Fletch with Jason Lee or no one. And so Weinstein's like, great, okay, I'll greenlight it as soon as Jason Lee is a movie star, is a leading man, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, Let me know when that happens. Right, and so Jason Lee's doing other stuff. He's Let's remember, like, Jason Lee was like, they, he already tried this trick with Mallrats, yeah. and that had fucking blown up in everyone's face. Right. Yeah. But then it's like, you know, he's doing, what was it, Three to Tango? Like, he's doing, uh, not Three, three to tango. tango, no. No, what's the one, Jason Lee did Kissing a Fool? What's the one that Jason Lee's in? Am I going to have to look up Jason Lee He's right in one now? of those three-person romantic comedies where it's <laughs> Jason Lee, like, Nev Campbell, and another guy. Well, you're th- Three to Tango is Matthew Perry, Nev Campbell, and, and Dylan uh, McDermott. Right. Which is one of the worst movies and ever then, made. That's the one where Matthew Perry pretends to be gay. Right. I think Kissing a Fool is maybe... He's Matthew Perry, ninety-eight. No, Matthew Perry's not in that one. Is it's he? David Schwimmer, Jason you got Lee, it. Schwimmer, Jason Lee, Hayek, Millie Avital. Oh, yeah, okay. I don't know her. <laughs> but he's like doing that, and then he was getting bigger parts in the camera. That's the movie Crow that movies. was directed by Entourage creator Doug Ellen. Exactly. Thank you. Uh, exactly. Thank you. No, no. I mean, oh yeah. Jason Lee's run. Is you know yeah, yeah he makes movies like that he's in Dogma obviously but it's right. a small role he's in Almost Famous in which he literally plays someone who is upstaged right. by his co-star like that's like the the role he's a great character actor he's a great supporting player and I, I he's mean, in Vanilla Sky where he's like Tom Cruise yeah I'm your friend like you know over and, and so, over so I mean yeah so look forward to our Vanilla Sky episode yes, by the way definitely uh, happening very soon um, but Kevin Smith just sort of sits back and goes like I'll wait for you to be one over on Jason Lee but as he's waiting. The project evolves. He drops the Son of Fletch idea, and it becomes hard reboot. It's Fletch 1. We're doing that book, which is the origin story, and Jason Lee will be Fletch proper. Because at this point, it's the idea of, like, start a new series, right? Around this time, Weinstein is throwing out names of people he wants to play Fletch instead, right? Okay. So he goes, here are guys I would green light to play Fletch tomorrow, and they send out straight offers. These actors had the chance to play Fletch. Jimmy Fallon. 
Adam no, Sandler. But Fallon must have been later, not in the late 90s. Was, no, this is, this is by 2003. Okay, okay. I'm saying there was a lot. That makes sense. Okay, okay. There were five years of well, Smith mention, just waiting. You didn't mention Affleck. I'm, I, okay, please. Right, oh, that's right. what I'm mentioning, okay? Right. He goes Fallon, Sandler, Pitt, Will Smith. Wait, whoa. whoa. All those guys pass. Of course. And then Weinstein goes, what about Affleck? Your friend Affleck. And they go to Affleck, and Affleck goes, yeah, I would do that. So now the project is on. Ben Affleck is Fletch in Fletch One, directed by Kevin Smith. They start fucking, like, scouting locations. They're starting to, like, they're in, you know, Uh pre-production. They're not, like, ready to go, but they're starting to develop it. it? set in Boston? Yeah, probably. Gross. Three weeks later. Smith sets his movies in Jersey. I mean, yeah. yeah, but I was just thinking Affleck. Yeah, yeah. This is 2003 now, three weeks in. Affleck's like, I, I'm, I can't do this. Affleck's got to make like, yeah, and Geely. Yeah, right? yeah, right. Okay, so Affleck pulls out. This is like right before Geely comes out. So now they're back to like square one. Mm-hmm. Here's the new group of names that get thrown out. Okay, Zach Braff, oh. who's popping off of Scrubs, right? Garden State. Dave Chappelle, who I think is a brilliant what? choice. Yeah, Chappelle would have been good. Oh, he would have been so good. Yes. And Kevin Smith was like totally for it, and Weinstein was like, no way. The thing was, uh, I think the story that I've heard is that Smith was like, I'd do Chappelle. Yeah. And Weinstein was like, no, how about Zach Braff? And Smith was like, mm. like he thought about it, and then he dropped out when it made Jersey Girl. Good job, buddy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the other one uh, that uh, got thrown out there was Ellen DeGeneres. Yeah. I would be, yeah, I would be into what that. kind of work? She's, she's got the same kind of shaggy, like, running commentary quality yeah. to her to her comedy, where she's just kind of chatting to herself a lot, so I, she'd probably be pretty good. I think the key good. to Fletch is, Fletch has to be the smartest person in the room, and yeah. Fletch has to be unflappable. Sure. And so stand-ups, people with, like, strict comedy backgrounds and sketch or stand-up, like mm-hmm. Chase, like Chappelle, like DeGeneres, are better than just, like, an actor who's kind oh, of no. funny. Oh, no, I mean, like... Affleck could be a total bore. Oh, it'd be a like nightmare. That. You know, someone who's that handsome and like yeah. just kind of a boring movie star, that doesn't work. That's not what you want. I wouldn't want that. Braff, who knows? I don't think he's confident enough. And that's apparently what it came down to is mm. Smith said he's not confident enough. I mean, Braff's comedy, I mean, his Scrubs character, yeah. the joke is the opposite, is that yeah. he's kind of like silly. and yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Is that, that Fletch isn't like conventionally cool, but he doesn't give a shit what anyone thinks. But anyway... Uh, on the other side of town, Brett Ratner knows that the Fletch rights are maybe up for renewal, okay. and he goes to New Line and he goes, "Could we get Fletch? I do it with Chris Tucker." Well, I didn't know about that. That's crazy. Okay. Yeah. So then like that, that falls through. Weinstein reups the rights. Uh, Zach, Bill Lawrence, yeah. creator, Bill Lawrence of, creator Scrubs, of Scrubs, great TV writer, comes on and goes, "I love Fletch. I like that it had an edge. I like the film took place in the real world." That Fletch was like an asshole, you know? He can recite Fletch line for line, he says. And, and he, he read goes, all the books. I want to do Fletch. Smith is off the project. Bill Lawrence, everyone's like, cool idea. Who do you want? Zach Braff. Ugh. This was, was announced. Like, oh, this on. film was announced. Was formally announced. Yeah. Was going ahead. And then Braff bowed out. He said, uh, some, Braff summed up the challenge of Fletch remake concisely saying, whoever na- uh, takes on the remake really has to nail it. And even then, most people hate it unless it's Chevy Chase. He feels like the expectations are too high. He drops out. Yeah, he he's went not out. wrong. I mean, that is like so a film like designed for a, a Chevy Chase type. You know, yes. it's like yeah. perfect. Yeah. It really is. Okay, so we're like 2006 now, right? Bill Lawrence is still on. Weinstein goes out to his next three guys. Justin Long. Ugh, God. John Krasinski. Uh, uh. Ryan Reynolds. Why is it all like the dregs of like yeah. fucking comedic actors? Ryan Reynolds. 
has a Chevy Chase vibe. That he's is what he does, but I mean, he wouldn't be good. He wouldn't but, be as good, but he's the right type. Yeah, at he's least. too hot. Yes. Yeah. yeah, he's too good looking. He's too good looking. I mean, that's kind of the problem with a lot of Hollywood these days. It's too hot. But Reynolds said, absolutely no way. Direct quote, it's hollowed ground. I don't want to touch it. Hallowed, right? Hallowed ground. Hallowed ground. I'm sorry. I'm mispronouncing everything. <laughs> it's hollowed today. out. Okay. So then Bill Lawrence goes, I, I don't know. I I'm, I'm want to focus on TV. I'm dropping out. They get Steve Pink. Yeah. Who's like John Cusack's buddy, co-wrote like High Fidelity, Gross Point Blank, right? Yeah, he later directed um, the Hot Tub, Hot Time, Tub Machine Time Machine movies yeah. and accepted. He comes on. Okay, movement, traction. Who are you going to cast? Joshua Jackson. Yeah. From Fringe. Oh, my God. And Dawson's Creek. Yeah. So this is now like 2007, right? Everyone's like, I like Josh Jackson. I just yeah, don't mean. not the right no. choice, no. right? No. Okay, so that happens. It falls away. Weinstein's career is in a weird place now. They've now set up the Weinstein company. The Miramax is uh, dissolved, right? The rights eventually just fully lapse. Warner Brothers picks it up, and they're like, We're, we made an aggressive bid for all 11 Fletch books. We have the rights to the entire Fletch library. We want to make Fletch a good, grounded, like medium budget so it doesn't get overblown action, comedy, like mystery series. They bring on a series of writers to try to cover it. Doesn't seem to be going anywhere. And then two years ago, they pick the guy who I actually think is the best guy they've had yet, but the movie hasn't made any progress. Jason Sudeikis. Oh, yeah, definitely. Jason Sudeikis I love that. has all of the Fletch totally, qualities. Totally. Sudeikis is a good choice. I He's agree. He's a really good choice. Now, I have so much trouble with him because I think he can be so funny and talented, and I agree with you guys. He, he has the same vibe. But he's never totally clicked on a, in a movie for me. I don't know if he's had the chance. He though. may not have had the chance. No, I. you're pointing at him. I know that he may not have had the chance, but he's been in a lot of movies, and he's never clicked for me. That's all I'm saying. I'll say this. Have you seen Sleeping With Other People? Yeah, he's good in that. I think he's really good in that, and I think the thing he does in that movie that makes me feel very encouraged about the idea of him playing Fletch is he plays the guy who acts like he knows everything but secretly is kind of miserable inside. Right. You know? Yeah. He's doing the smartest guy in the room thing, but there's like real pathos to it. I think Chappelle is the best name of anyone they threw out. I think Chappelle would have been incredible, yeah. especially if we're talking like early 2000s when he was like in it, you know? Mm -hmm. That would have been amazing. I don't know if I wanted the Kevin Smith version of that, but a better person making a Dave Chappelle Fletch would have been awesome. But Sudeikis is the second best name of anyone who's been connected of those like 25 people over the last... 20 years so we you know maybe maybe we're getting fletched i hope so uh fyi we're not getting fletched that was announced in 2013 it's been three years nothing's happened it's not gonna happen but you know. i think you're right yeah, yeah. maybe it's 2014 i think in 2013 they bought like yes. they got a script 2014 2014 they attached sudeikis to it they have not attached a director i think 2015 they said they had a new script i don't know anyway that's it's never gonna happen Fletch. Fletch is a cursed property. It's not going to happen. And maybe it shouldn't. Fletch is a good movie. Like, it is we, good. We may and not it, need another Fletch. It still pretty much holds up, I'd say. You know? Like, I think all it's still got some really great jokes. I mean, time kind of wasn't as kind to some of the, like, other elements. Like, I feel like there's a couple of, like, racier yeah. kind of jokes. But otherwise, it still holds up. It's still a great film. It's, like, I'd say, for me, I always thought of it as, like, if you build a movie around a personality or like, uh, you know, like this is Chevy's movie. I mm -hmm. thought, I think this is such a strong uh, example of like, 
w- taking a comedic actor and building a like a, a a movie around his sensibility. It's a great star vehicle. Yeah, it's a it's a really really good star vehicle. Yeah. Um, can I can I throw something out there for all you Hollywood bigwigs who are listening? Oh yeah. Because I don't know, maybe Sudeikis is still loosely attached. Maybe you're waiting on a script. Maybe you're trying to find a director. Maybe that's lapsed. Maybe he's not interested anymore. Maybe the game's open. I got four words him? for you. Oh, okay. Ready? Here's my suggestion, and let's see if the hairs stand up on the back of your neck. Ben Hosley is Fletch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Has the dude ever carried a movie before? <laughs> no, no. No. No, never. But we didn't know that Fletch could nail the story until he did it. That's right. Um... Great stuff from all you guys. <laughs> I want to talk about the box office. Okay. Oh, I'm yes. very excited. Yeah. June, the weekend of May 31st, 1985. Okay. Can, I mean, Fletch opened number two to seven mil. It would eventually clear 50. Very nice multiplier. Yeah. You know, those are the days in Hollywood where you would kind of just, you know, stay around in theaters making the same amount of money week after week. Leggy. You had a leggy run. Can you name, can you, do you think you can name any of the other movies in oh, the top the, 10? Yeah. 1985. Huh. Okay. Um, like, or what was number one? God. So I'm trying to think through other years. Like, okay. So I know 87. Encounters of a Third Kind? Close Encounters is not. That's the way earlier. That's 77. 77. That's yeah. the same year as Star Wars. I don't know anything. Okay. 80, that's all right. 83 is guessing. Jedi. 86. Oh, right. uh, well, 84 is E.T. or 85 is E.T.? Yeah, 80. I can't remember. I think 80. Oh, no. E.T. is earlier. 82. Yeah, that's right. Look, I'll give you some hints for number one. Okay. okay. Number one, it's in its second week of release. Okay. It's making 40, 14 million in its second week. Pretty good for 1995. It's an action R-rated super violent drama. Beverly uh, Hills Cop 2? It's a sequel. Nope. Beverly Rambo, Hills Cop. Rambo uh, First uh, 2? Rambo 2? Rambo First Blood Part 2. Yes. Ben nailed it. Ben nailed it. Yes. Okay. Uh, so that's in there. Number Beverly three. Hills Cop 2? Of course not. Beverly Hills Cop 1 hadn't come out yet. Beverly Hills Cop 1 was, has oh, come out. It it's in its 26th week of release. It's number five at the box office. Isn't that crazy? <sighs> that's insane. It's made $220 million. Wow, so Fletch and Beverly Hills Cop are out at the same time. Yeah, but Beverly Hills Cop had been out right. for yeah, a while. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, number three is a James Bond movie. It's the James Bond movie of the year. I believe it is the last Roger Moore Bond movie. Right, because you said Living Daylights comes out is the Jodan Baker one that is comes out a couple years later. The last Roger Moore movie is not Live and Let Die, right? No, that's the first. That's the first one? Yep. What am I thinking of? I don't know. A I View to a Kill confused. is the name is okay. of this movie. Okay. Uh, then that's you, number three? That's number three. Not a big hit. That was a you know kind of a bomb. That it was sort of knocked him off the project. Yeah. Yeah. Number four is a Roger Pryor comedy. A Roger Pryor. Comedy. I mean Richard Pryor. Look Jesus. who's griffing now. Oh boy. Oh boy. Yeah, Richard Pryor comedy. The uh, toy. Nope. Uh, hear no see no. Uh, nope. Brewster's great, great. Millions. Yeah, you got it. Yes. Hear no see no is a good abbreviation though. I like that. <laughs> uh, and then number six, we've got Police Academy Two: The First Assignment. Well, I wish you would let me guess the sequel name because I know the names of all the entries. Congratulations! On that. Number Granted. seven uh, is a you know Eric Stoll's share joint uh, mask. That's correct. Directed by P.D. Bogdanovich. Mm-hmm. Number eight is a you know Rosanna Arquette Madonna joint. Who's that girl? Oh no, uh, Desperately Seeking Susan. Boom. Yeah. Number nine is a film called Code of Silence. Never heard of it. Me neither. Got Chuck Norris in it. Oh, the good Chuck. And number ten is maybe my favorite movie of nineteen eighty five. Your favorite movie of 1985. Give me a hint. Yeah. 
put it this way. This movie came out February 1985. It was nominated for a zillion Oscars. So fucking good. It, no, it's not my favorite movie in 1985 because Back to the Future came out in 1985. But it's right up there. And Brazil came out in 1985. It's a great movie. Good year. Uh, um, it's nominated for a zillion Oscars. All right. It stars one of America's greatest movie stars, but it is the only movie he was ever nominated for an Oscar for. Oh, Witness. Witness. Have you seen Witness, Ben? Her- Harrison no. Ford goes undercover in an Amish community? The best movie. Really? His only Oscar nomination. One day we'll do Peter Weir. Yeah. Great director. Uh, interesting box office. That's Fun like, time. That's like that movie with um, Tim the Two-Man Taylor. Yeah, yeah, for Richard Poor. Yeah, similar premise, right? Uh, for Richard Poor is such a Witness ripoff that they mention it in the movie that they are ripping off the movie Witness. Oh. Like, literally, Tim Allen says to Kirstie Alley, like, this is like a lot like Witness. And she's like, yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> they also, that's how he's credited above uh, on the title, right? Is Tim the Toolman Taylor? <laughs> yeah, that's correct. Yeah. He's, he, he, he changed his name by deed poll to uh, Tim the Toolman Taylor. Anyway, so that's Fletch 1985. It's a little picture of the world 20, uh, 31 years ago. The way we were. Um, Literally almost exactly 31 years ago. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, this has been fun. Ben, ben, thank you so much for treating us to this. Oh, ben, no. Really, I really, guys. I want you to think about the next Ben's choice. I, I want you to really think about it. it. I know you've got some ideas, but I want you to think about this it. This is the first. It won't be the last. It won't no, be the last. I, I, I think what will be nice, because this is a palate cleanser, is like I'm going to try and pick movies like definitely like not using a director that we might want to pursue in the mm-hmm, future. Mm-hmm. So I have to kind of accomplish that. But I think also... I have a certain sensibility with movies that's very different than I think you guys, which is I like dumb shit, all right? Hey, we like dumb <laughs> we shit. We like so. a lot of dumb I shit. I know you do. So I'm just saying the next one will be like a nice change up from whatever we do end up pursuing next, right? Yeah, and I'll say this too, and I don't mean this as an insult, so don't take it backhandedly. No, I won't. I think a lot of the movies you pick won't be by directors that we would ever cover. Yeah. Definitely, that's true. Although some of the ones you threw out there, we you know we were like, oh no, maybe a couple, a couple we wanted to save. Yeah, you're holding on to that Stargate guy. Yeah, Roland Emmerich. Never know. Um, well, thank you for listening. Yeah. Uh, next week, of course, we're going to be back with uh, Holy cow. Show you me the had podcast. me at podcast. You had me a podcast. <laughs> I don't know what we're going to call it. Yeah, we're going to hold a boombox over our heads and play you the first episode of our Cameron Crow miniseries. It's crazy. Wow, it's going to be crazy. Say anything. Pod, pod any cast. Pod any cast. Um, so uh, look forward to that. It's going to be fun. This is going to be uncharted territory. Out of, out of genre directors for a little bit. Well, it's good that we did this 80s comedy then, you know? Yeah. Got us at least closer to the vibe. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah, and now, uh, Ben, as our as our guest host, do you want to wrap it up? You want to wrap things up? Uh, yeah. Uh, I say we've gone pretty long, so we'll we'll hit a burger report or an orange twist uh, file maybe next time. I don't know, David. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I saw you guys yesterday. Yeah. I haven't eaten any yeah, burgers we record, since then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, but I guess I guess I know how we do wrap these episodes up. Well, don't you, you're you're a fan of the show. Uh yeah, I've yeah. I've listened to it before. Ben, uh, ben, don't forget to say rate, review, and subscribe. Oh, of course, uh, pl- guys. <laughs> that please. thing that you always remind us to do. Yeah, uh, make sure to please uh, rate, review, subscribe on uh, iTunes. On iTunes yeah. Okay, uh, tell your friends. Uh, <laughs> you know, and then uh, please, uh, you know, email us with ideas for uh, uh, other Fletch actors that you want to oh, throw out there. Tweet at us. Yeah. Tweet at us. Email Fletch. us. Who you want to see as a modern Fletch. Uh, or if you want to Photoshop Ben as Fletch. You can do that too. Please do that. Sure. I'm okay with that. Uh, 
Damn it. All right, fine. I'm and stroking my beard. I'm trying to think of a good flex. Go ahead. Yes. All right. Well, and as always. And as always. Fuck. This, there's a lot of pressure on this. <laughs> it is. I mean, I make Griffin And I've time. been trying to think of one, and I'm totally stalling. And I'm just now explaining that I'm thinking about one. Uh, and, and, you know, uh, as always, uh, I got bone cancer. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. Oh, no. That was great. Wait, should I not do that? No, that was so good. It was so good. That was the dumb joke I can remember. It's so good. All right, cool, cool. I don't really have bone cancer. This has been a UCB Comedy production. Check out our other shows on the UCB Comedy Podcast Network.